0: Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn, he's Griffin. Lot to do on the program today. Baltimore Police Commissioner Michael Harrison. I always get nervous whenever we oftentimes invite the police in studio. I don't know what that's all about. Imagine going back and telling 20-year-old Glenn he's, he's gonna hang out with the cops this often. You just get you
1: just get nervous that you're yeah, like
0: Yeah, you just never know. You just like, never know. Although he has the- no jurisdiction here. So I do have to keep that in mind. We're good. We're in the county. Um. Yeah, Commissioner Michael Harrison is going to join us in studio this morning. We'll talk uh, Preakness and you know just maybe some reminders about what you should or should not do on uh, Saturday. And we'll talk about the uh, new laws that are coming here in the state of Maryland. A lot of things to cover with Michael Harrison as Simple, he joins just- the commish as he joins us in studio. Um, I have know a lot of police commissioners. It's a weird. What is going on? All right, we'll save that conversation for another day. Also coming up this morning, uh, we'll have our weekly conversation with our buddy Patrick Stevens at Discourse as we'll preview the NCAA lacrosse quarterfinals, two of which are being played in Annapolis on Sunday, Army Penn State, and then Johns Hopkins, the final local team standing, takes on Notre Dame. A lot of people's favorites to win the tournament before it began. Not going to be easy for Hopkins, although they obviously look very good against Bryant in their opener. We'll talk to Patrick about that. Also this morning, speaking of the NCAA tournament, UMBC Softball is headed to the NCAA tournament. And a really inspiring story from their team, Madison Wilson, whose uh, father passed away after a battle with cancer, and she you know, struggled with whether or not she was going to continue to play softball. All she did this year was end up being MVP of the America East Championship and help lead them back to the NCAA tournament, which is uh, pretty awesome. So we're going to chat with her about that. And uh, Larry Colmas, our old friend, Mount St. Joe alum, zone, although he roots for the wrong baseball team. Who does he well, root for? He roots for the Red Sox. I'm what? Happy. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But he will, of course, be back in town this week. Can we continue
1: he, to invite him on?
0: Yeah, I've struggled <laughs> with it over the years. He's talented, though. I've tried calling a horse race <laughs> before. I, I cannot do it. But Larry Colmas sure can, and you'll hear him Saturday on NBC for the call of the Preakness, where the only Kentucky Derby runner that is running in the Preakness is Mage. Real weird. Real weird how the field shaped up for Preakness this year. Real weird. We will see how it plays out. So we will learn about maybe some of these new horses when uh, Larry Colmas joins us a little bit later on. So a lot to do on the program today. You never know. Maybe something else will pop up at some point. Today's show is brought to you by a local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So, I uh, man, I want to talk about last night. And I want to talk about it on a, a couple of layers. The first layer where I want to talk about it was, I, I'm, I'm sad that I wasn't able to go. Um, I, the crowd was great, obviously, and there was an electric atmosphere, except for that douchebag that catches the, the foul balls and the home runs, who should be banned from every major so league I stadium. saw him
1: in, in, in person. It was, it was, it was wild. A, yeah,
0: that guy should not be allowed to be at any an baseball game anywhere. No he's not. Character. He's not remotely interesting. He has nothing to offer society and it speaks to the downfall yes. of what where we are as a society that there are people that believe that person to be some sort of celebrity. He should just we should just say thanks but no thanks when he attempts to enter a game. But other than that, a great electric atmosphere at a baseball game. I'm I have a couple of thoughts about how things played out last night. The first being, I want to separate the decision to leave Grayson Rodriguez in from the discussion about Grayson Rodriguez, because I think they're both important things. The difficulty for discussing Grayson Rodriguez is that our hopes, our expectations surrounding Grayson Rodriguez were not that he was going to become a capable pitcher. As we talk about trying to create... Remember what I said. I don't believe this team... As as much as I'm swept up in what the Orioles are doing, I don't believe they're capable of winning a World Series. Or why don't I think they're capable of winning a World Series? Because I don't think they have the profile of a World Series winner. And the profile of a World Series winner includes multiple top-of-the-rotation pitchers, multiple aces, if you will. And going into the season, the question was, would we see at some point Grayson Rodriguez develop into a top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher? Because as we've talked about ad nauseum, for as much as the Orioles have had involving position prospects, they certainly do not have nearly as much regarding pitching prospects. I know, was it, uh, yeah, C- Povich? Povich C- has was, been unbelievable. Right. I mean, like, they both have been, McDermott and... McDermott's yeah, been good. And I, I understand that they like did well to re- acquire a few guys last year, and I don't know if those guys will turn out to be top of the rotation type of pitchers. But they certainly look like guys that are on track to become major league pitchers and major league starters. So that's, that's, that's cool. And D.L. Hall's pitched fairly well of late, and maybe he can get back into that conversation But there's not a lot of bullets to be fired as far as your chances of creating your next top-of-the-rotation pitcher. So there's a lot of pressure on Grayson Rodriguez because the Orioles have not shown an inclination to be able to acquire one of these guys just yet. More or less multiple top-of-the-rotation pitchers. Now is it still possible that someone else could Tyler Wells be developing into a top of the rotation pitcher in front of our eyes? Maybe maybe I'm, I I'd still be surprised by that. But you know, we got to acknowledge he's pitched pretty well. The Orioles chances of creating a rotation that includes multiple ace caliber pitchers you could sell yourself into the idea of the Orioles at some point acquiring one, say, via a trade, at least for a short term, that they could dip their toes into the you know Corbin Burns water, something like that, to get one of these guys. The idea of the Orioles acquiring multiple ace-level pitchers seems extraordinary. I find it basically impossible to believe. It would almost require them to require them to acquire someone who's not that guy and then somehow turns into that guy. It's very difficult for me to fathom that. So it becomes almost necessary for it to be developed within the system. And Grayson Rodriguez, by far, presented the best opportunity for that to be the case. And not only by far, but maybe the only. To truly find an ace within your system. And so when we're when we're talking about Grayson Rodriguez, everything that gets brought up well, he's only made 8 starts. Well, he's still very young. All of these things, you know, he had, his his development was he had, he dealt with a couple of blows between the pandemic and now, you know, injury and all that. And it, Whenever we bring up any of these conversations, they're all completely relevant. But yet, they also have to be measured by whether it's fair or not to Grayson Rodriguez. The way we look at this is far more complex. There was a reason why, look, Shohei Otani pitching last night was going to drive a ton of people to the ballpark no matter what, but we were talking about Shohei Otani versus Grayson Rodriguez because Grayson Rodriguez is the hope for a top-of-the-rotation pitcher. If it had been Shohei Otani versus Dean Kramer last night, we would have just said Shohei Otani. We wouldn't have mentioned the other side of the pitching matchup. All we would have been saying is Shohei Ohtani's pitching tonight. Grayson Rodriguez being on the other side was compelling because now it's, it's their superstar versus the guy we're hoping is going to become our superstar. And I'm not saying that it's fair to Grayson. Because I get it. He is very young, and he has had his development kind of stunted a little bit, completely out of his control. And there's still a chance, look, we've seen it in moments this season, flashes where he's looked brilliant. There's also a chance that he's just not a number one ace type of pitcher, but is still a damn good pitcher for an entire career. There's 20 layers to that. The problem is the way the Orioles' system's set up and with the hopes of trying to transition from a competitive team to a championship-caliber team, the realistic scenarios kind of need to involve Grayson Rodriguez being even better than that. Again, the practical scenarios of them jumping to being a team that can win a World Series. The fact that he got his brains beat in last night by the Angels certainly doesn't mean that he can't become that. I want to make that abundantly clear. Don't overreact to anything I'm saying. This is one of those days where Griffin pulled one of these quotes and put it up, put it up on Twitter. Everybody would lose their minds about it. Yesterday, I was on with um, Amber Theo Harris and Michael Fabiano on the uh, Fantasy Channel on SiriusXM, and I love those guys. Of course, Amber you know, is a beloved figure in this town. We love her, and Michael's a legend in the, the fantasy community. And... I, Michael chose one thing that I said. He asked me a question. He said, of the three wide receivers, who would you draft first? And I said, well, of these three, I would draft Bateman first. But let's be honest, the answer is really Mark Andrews. You just presented it in a way that I have to pick one of the wide receivers given what he did when he was healthy to start the season last year, I'm not down on Rashad Bateman. As long as he's healthy, he'd be the guy that I would draft first of this group. And so the tweet that he shared out was something like, you know, whatever part of it, it was, uh, it Rashad, ba- Rashad Bateman is the Ravens number one wide receiver right now. He's the guy I draft in fantasy ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. And of course, then, you know, you get all these millions of responses to people that aren't listening and are like, ah, I, I don't trust any of them. I don't, I was asked the question the way I was asked, and I'm not mad at Michael Fabiano. He, I said that. I said it. Those are my words, and we do the same thing here. But, like, again, you would hear any one sentence from what I'm talking about with Grayson Rodriguez in this diatribe, and you'd say, what, is this idiot saying because he had one rough night, he's done, he stinks? No. I'm saying it's difficult. We are going to overreact to everything that happens with Grayson Rodriguez because we're judging him in a more significant way. We're not judging him in whether he can be helpful. We're judging him in whether or not he can be a top-of-the-rotation pitcher. That's the glasses. That's the prism by which we're monitoring Grayson Rodriguez. That's how important he is to what it is that the Orioles are doing as they try to become a championship-caliber team. And it makes all of these conversations difficult. Now let's flip back to the other side of things, because I know Dan Connolly wrote about it and was chastising Orioles fans. I guess yeah. I, I I didn't even I, notice it because I wasn't there. You're gonna have to tell me was was there a significant amount of booing? Of I wasn't I wasn't booing. I mean, the, I obviously
1: I, didn't get like a stand. I mean, I stood up just because I don't know. I, I like standing up whenever okay. the pitcher leaves, All but right. I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily <laughs> clapping. Right. so but you, I definitely wasn't booing. But did you
0: notice? Not uh, really.
1: I mean, I noticed, I guess, you know, more of a just kind of a, an apathy towards uh, him getting taken out of the game is, is the so way I would describe it.
0: Dan Connolly, both on Twitter and then later in a column at The Athletic, brought up that there was this booing. And there, if his point is like, even one person shouldn't have. Why would anybody boo? I don't know because, again, it didn't. I, I, watching it on TV, it didn't come across as though it was like. Some sort of indictment of terrible Orioles fans that were loudly booing Grayson Rodriguez. And if anything, I wondered if it was about Brandon Hyde in that Leave situation. In or- for anyone who was booing, because I can tell you that I was as I was watching at Cooper's North playing trivia. I on my phone, I'm screaming, "Get him out! What are you doing?" He clearly. Can't get guys out.
1: Yeah, he lost his command pretty early. It was, He's put it was
0: multiple guys on base every inning. What are you doing? You're going to waste having scored four runs against Shohei Otani early in the game because you need to see more grace and Red. This is the guy whose innings should be limited to begin with. What is going on here? And I do not like criticizing Brandon Hyde. For sport, I know there are plenty of Orioles fans who do that particularly enjoy getting after Brandon Hyde, that have feelings about Brandon Hyde and you know the way that he goes about building His lineups lineup, yeah. and all of those things. There are people that just like criticizing Brandon Hyde for sport. I am not one of those people, but Jesus, was it ever apparent that Grayson Rodriguez didn't have it? And as we discussed last week, with Ben Verlander, I was about to say Justin Verlander, I don't believe he appeared on the program, but Ben Verlander did, as we discussed with Ben Verlander, this is the nice part. When you guys are trying to force a closer controversy, the nice thing about having a Yannir Cano is that the high leverage inning could be any inning of the game, Remember, we? I went on this diatribe last week. We're all obsessed with the save statistic. But the highest leverage inning of a game ain't always the ninth inning. And in fact, I would argue more frequently, it's not the ninth inning. The ninth inning just so happens to be the inning where if it goes to hell, you don't get the opportunity to rebut. Unless you're at home. Last night you would have. I'm befuddled, I mean utterly befuddled, why a guy that's already getting his brains beat in gives up a home run to start the fourth inning, and there's there's no thought to, hey, we need Cano now. This is the moment when we need Cano. Not the eighth inning, because we might not get there. Right now is when we need our highest leverage reliever. And you're going to say, well, hey, you're going to be in trouble after that because you're going to have to deal with it. Try to get him through two innings if you can. Then hope that Bauman can give you a couple innings after that. But right now, the game is on the line. In what world are you just leaving Grayson Rodriguez out there to get his ass kicked? How does that possibly make sense? And in Brandon Hyde's mind, he might say, well, I got four games this week that I got to deal with. Well, one, you already brought up an extra pitcher in Logan Gillaspie. Two, you can certainly get rid of him today. There is no reason why Gillaspie has to continue to be on the team. So you can make that move and find a different one to bring up. Bring up Vespi again. 100%. Bring Drew Rom back. Whatever you want to do. If that becomes a problem. Now, in a perfect world, you get Cano through that inning, maybe through another. Mike Bauman comes in, can give you three innings, and bridge the gap. Now, I don't know that that would have been the case or not, but, you know, you at least you hope for that. And then you've done limited damage at that point. And then at that point, you say to yourself, okay, well, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I can make this work. I'm, I, I'm dumbstruck by what was going on in those moments. I, I can't believe that the guy whose, whose innings and pitches you should be concerned about to begin with, who never had it last night, who was putting multiple guys on base in every inning and had already given up four runs over three plus, you would said to yourself, but I just got to give him another shot at Otani. Cause nothing could go wrong there, right? <laughs> nothing could go wrong in that situation. I, I, I absolutely, beyond befuddled by what the thought process was for leaving Grayson Rodriguez in that game. And again, that doesn't give a pass to Grayson Rodriguez who stunk. There's no way around it. But I can live with the fact. Again, beside the, I, I'm disappointed because it's diff- more and more difficult for me to feel that thing about Grayson Rodriguez, the, the, what we've seen of him so far. But I can live with the fact that there are going to be bad nights for pitchers. It's going to happen. And maybe if the Orioles were down for nothing at that point, I could understand it a little bit more. Like, hey, it don't look great tonight. Maybe we just try to get as much out of this dude as we can, limit how much damage we do to our bullpen tonight because it's not looking like a game that we're going to win anyway. It was a tie game. It was a 4-4 game. This is the value of Cano. Cano is the guy that is a unicorn that you can put in any situation, recognize that's your high leverage moment, and go try to win a baseball game after that point. I don't know that you would have. I can't swear by that. That would have been a long time for you to have to go and the Orioles only had one more run in them the rest of the way. Now, maybe that would have changed had the game been closer. But I, I did think it was warranted to second guess, at least second guess, Brandon Hyde. I, I thought it was borderline malpractice leaving Grayson Rodriguez in to get his ass beat the way that he got. I, I could not believe that was the scenario that played out. And if the boos that Dan Connolly and others heard last night had something to do with that, i got to be honest with you, I understand it. I'm still not a big booing guy. Like, I'm not the type that enjoys booing and it's not my thing. But if that was what it was about, if someone's reaction in that moment was, I can't believe you left this dude in here to give up a 7,000 feet home run to Shohei Otani, I don't know what it was measured at, but it was, Jesus Christ. 4.56. Sure. Off of Boogs. I mean, Boogs got in the way. Holy hell. To give up the longest home run I've ever seen. If that was the reaction from Orioles fans last night is, why, why did you allow for Grayson Rodriguez to get tagged like this when he clearly does not have it? I got to be honest with you, I understand it. I don't think it was necessary, but I get it. I, I like Brandon Hyde. I think that he has made the most out of a difficult situation. I don't think he's you know, a game changer. I don't think he's doing something that no other manager would be capable of doing. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know there's some talent here. But I do think that the players are responding to Brandon Hyde. I think that he's part of this thing that the Orioles have figured out. And I do think that he's being put in a difficult task because he doesn't have... Kyle Gibson is supposed to be his innings eater. And, you know... Not really really been that. Has not been more than any other pitcher. So, I kind of feel for Brandon Hyde in a weird way because I think it's difficult what he's up against. But that doesn't mean that you just allow for a game to get out of hand or for it to turn sideways because they pulled him if you're gonna if he's gonna give up a three run homer and you're gonna pull him after that, holy F do you have your answer. Now you've lost the game and you've wrecked your bullpen. What on the world is that if at some point it's the Jordan Lyles bit where you're saying to a pitcher dude, it kind of doesn't matter what the results are. You're going X number of innings for us tonight because... You're going nine. <laughs> we, we can't lose the next two games because of whatever happens tonight. And I've said that I've understood that thought process before. But that wasn't it. He was giving Grayson Rodriguez, who did not have it, the opportunity to try to get Shohei Otani. Bonkers. I mean, just a bonkers thought process. Like, they let him phase one more batter after that and then pulled him. Why not pull him before then? Use a high leverage guy. Try to get out of the inning. Limit the damage and give your chance, yourself a chance to win the game. I feel like I'm in crazy world. I mean, I, I think
1: you're right. I'd... I, I wish I wish I had something to push back on, but I think I mean I didn't I wasn't thinking that in the moment,
0: but I think you're you're 100% right. Well, now. I, I mean, again, that's like, the not, spot for Cano. I and, might not have thought about it the same way if we hadn't just had the conversations last week. Yeah. Again, between the conversation that I had, the diatribe that I went on, where we talked about high leverage and the fact that the ninth inning isn't the only high leverage inning of a game, and then Ben Verlander talk Ben Verlander brought up this exact scenario. Yeah, he did. He might have said the fifth inning. But he brought up this exact scenario, and it's—I'm telling you—you'll see it in the postseason constantly. But for some reason, we're allergic to in the regular season because we're like, "Oh, there's 162 games; they don't matter." Again, if they didn't matter, then just like Grayson Rodriguez get rocked. Just say, "Dude, go pitch for six innings." If you give up 12 runs, you give up 12 runs. What the hell do we care? And I know that the argument might be, "Hey, the Orioles don't think a three-run game is out of hand because they've come back enough times this season to believe that a three-run game isn't out of hand," and so there is some sort of argument to be made for that. But if there was any chance that there was a result there that could lead to you pulling Grayson Rodriguez that early in the game and making your bullpen do that much work on a particular night, then bring in the guy. You know the guy that's unhittable? Put him in the game. See if maybe he could be unhittable. And see if you can get to the next inning in a tie game. So I do think it's warranted to second guess, and if that is booing, if that's the reaction was related to it, I again, not my choice, not what I would do, but I kind of get it. I kind of understand why there would be a negative reaction to why are you leaving this dude in the game when you have someone you can turn to in what is the high leverage spot in the game, and it goes back to the way that we think that we are just this guy in the eighth inning, this guy in the ninth inning, that's the way that it works. maybe, maybe, you recognize that last night was a perfect example of why the highest leverage situation in the game was the fourth inning. Why did the Orioles lose last night? Fourth inning. That was the game. Bring your best pitcher in in that spot. Bring the guy in that gets you out of that jam and gives you the opportunity to win moving forward. Not a sermon, just a thought. Today's show. Yes? Uh, Otani, I mean... just. I'm gonna uh, ask, by the way, was... I'm going to ask the commission if he can do something about this. <laughs> I'm get get ask
1: if he, in, in the fourth. End? Well, if he can overrule in those overrule situations, Brandon
0: if we—I don't know—he's got a lot of power. <laughs> so I'm going to see if maybe if this happens again, he can just step in and say no, <laughs> no, not the way this
1: works. Uh, I mean, o- o- Otani was ridiculous. Right. I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he, he, he wasn't. The, ex- tripled- the funny thing is. His- well, yeah, as a pitcher, yeah. he wasn't all that great. I mean, he was—he—he he let up three home runs on four hits, which was yep. pretty – I mean, he was yep. still crazy efficient. The triple was hilarious. I mean – Yeah, sure. He looked like he was walking. That's and a And he ended up on third standing. That's I a mean, fact. It's wild. It looks like it's like, you know,
0: and an still, obviously, playing with 12 year If he didn't get honestly, there last night, it's an opportunity still this week to at least see him yeah. as a hitter the rest of the yeah. week. Hey, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Commissioner Michael Harrison is joining us in studio next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
2: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
5: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip, that first bite.
3: If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's
0: wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. It is great to have our next guest return to the studio with us. Despite the fact that he came in once before, he still was willing to sign back up and come in and hang out oh, with okay. us. He is the commissioner of the Baltimore Police Department. He is Commissioner Michael Harrison, and he's with us here in studio. Good morning, Commissioner. How are you? I'm
6: great. Good morning to you all. I
0: apologize for my screaming and and losing my mind. I heard (laughs) you on
6: the previous segment, (laughs) and my coffee hadn't kicked in, but when I heard you, it woke me up.
0: Is there anything that you can do? Do you have enough power, enough jurisdiction in those moments that when Brandon Hyde's leaving? Grayson Rodriguez and to get his brains beat in, like you could step in and say, come on, man. No, as by the power vested in me by the the city of Baltimore, I will not allow this to continue.
6: I do not have <sighs> that it. kind of power, Damn it! nor do I know anyone with that well, kind of power. All
0: right. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep trying to see if we can't find somebody that can fix it for us. Um, it's a good week to have you in here, uh, Commissioner, obviously, because it's a big week here in the city of Baltimore with Preakness coming up on Saturday. Um, I don't speak from any amount of experience whatsoever because, me, I've, I'm, I've always been on the up and up. I've never done anything questionable on a Preakness Saturday in Baltimore, never at all. But I was just wondering if maybe—
6: well, Once once you said the word never, never. This, the, it was a false sentence right no,
0: there. No, <laughs> no, never. I was
6: always very much on the up and up.
0: I'm wondering if maybe you could offer a few tips to folks who are headed to Preakness on Saturday about some dues. Definitely some don'ts as far as things. It feels like once you get into the vicinity that people believe you can start skirting. Maybe there aren't as many laws as there once were once you're in the vicinity of the
6: Preakness. Well, the laws before Preakness are the same as the laws yeah. on, the, on the day of Preakness. And so I would say, first of all, it's a great event. It's a great time for the city of Baltimore, for the, for the state of Maryland. People come and we want you to have a good time and we want you to be safe. Um so I would say the first thing is make a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, If you know you're going to have a beverage, make a plan so that you don't have to drink and drive, that there's a designated driver or that you use a ride share to get there or whatever your plan calls for so you don't have to drink and drive uh, because we will have a lot of police out there to make sure you're safe. We have Baltimore police, but we have other agencies that are helping us because okay. we know it's a lot of – a lot of people coming. We have other agencies. We'll be inside. We'll be outside. We'll be in the parking lot, on the street, directing traffic. We want to make sure people are safe. So by all means, don't drink and drive.
0: Yeah, that seems like the biggest one. Don't drink
6: and drive. And so make a plan. Have a designated driver. Use rideshare, uh, whatever your rideshare is, or, or make arrangements to get there and get picked up. Uh, secondly, I, I you actually wanna- think
0: that what they're doing this year, having the concert now after the race,
6: yes. that, that allows you drink
0: during the day if you want to drink. Then stop drinking. Enjoy the concert afterwards. I mean, don't get You're not going to be able to sober up if you really got drunk during that time frame. But like, if, stick around at the track for a little while. They're not just booting you out the way they have
6: in the well, past. Well, there's a, there's a responsible way to enjoy yep. uh, uh, adult beverages. We want people to enjoy, but to be responsible and to make a plan and to not put themselves in a position where they drink and drive, more importantly, get caught drinking and driving, and even more importantly, cause themselves or someone else to become injured uh, or even killed because of Mm -hmm. some some drinking and driving. And just be alert. But we want people to have fun. There will be a lot of police officers out there. So if you need anything, you need directions, stop and talk to us. We'll be happy to talk to you.
0: I I worry about a couple of things. One, um, you know, the the, the age of scalping tickets has largely gone away, right? Because most tickets are on your phone these days. There aren't normally any tickets. But I do still think there will be people that will just kind of show up on Saturday and... You know, have somebody yell at you need it. I, I do still think there'll be a little bit of that because I've been there in recent years and I've seen a little bit of that.
6: Well, there might be. And that's what we have police in uniform for. But that's where we have police who are not in uniform, who you mm. will not see. Interesting. And we we may you know, you don't want to get caught doing that unlawfully. So let's just make sure you stay away from that. You should always anticipate that if someone is trying to sell you something outside, it very well might not be legitimate. Mm-hmm. And you'll pay for it and get to the gate and still not be able to get in.
0: Uh, can I ask, I, I, this is probably the, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't maybe ask this question because I might accidentally be admitting to a crime. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is up. So I think we're going to be
6: okay one way or the other. So when people start off. And, yeah, I know. When people start off with, I think the statute right. of limitations is up. I'm, I'm, I'm just,
0: this is more an interesting question. I'm for very me. careful. Go ahead. Right. Once upon a time, This is. I'm talking well over a decade ago. I was a young man. I was leaving Preakness, and I had someone approach me and say, we're still waiting for a cab. This is how it predates ride shares. We're still waiting for a cab. I'll pay you $150 to drive me home. And I said, well, I'm broke. $150 sounds pretty good to me. And said, you got it. Now, I think the first thing you'll say is, that sounds really dumb. Why would you have done that? You were putting yourself in a bad situation. You could have been murdered. So we start with that being a bad idea. But was I breaking a law by doing it? Was am I allowed um, to do? That? I don't.
6: I don't know. I I don't know. Not being from yeah, Maryland, yeah. I don't know what the laws would have been back then. Okay. And I don't know that it's a. It would. It would have been against the law either then or now, but it. Yeah, it's it, it's, still stupid. It sounds like a yeah. little questionable judgment.
0: Well, you're learning a thing if you're you're a thing or two thing. about me
6: right now. <laughs> le- sh- you learn as, you, as yeah. you grow up a little bit. You learn. I wouldn't do that today.
0: I want to make that abundantly That's clear. Right. I would not do that today. I am a far, well, at least a moderately smarter mm-hmm. man at this point. The point is, make a plan. Just be be prepared. You know how you're getting there, how you're leaving. Consider: Are you going to be drinking? The people around you going to be drinking?
6: Don't pin yourself down to well. This person is going to drive, no problem, and find out they're going to. That's drive. very important because people will say, "Here, you know, we have a designated driver," and then you find out the designated driver is mm-hmm. now drinking, and and so you have to make a plan. You have to know where you're going to park, make your plan to get there, to get back, and to just be responsible. And ask for help if you need it. We'll, we're out there. We'll be able to help you if you need
0: us. When you hear someone, as you've been here now for a little while, when you hear someone say, yeah, I, I go to I go to Preg," And I'm sure you hear this all the time about downtown.
6: I go, but I just don't feel safe. How do you respond to that? Well, there is actual safety and there's the perception of safety. And people don't feel safe usually because of what they hear mm-hmm. and what they hear other people say, not what they experience themselves. When you find people say that they have not been the victim of a crime or a robbery mm-hmm. or an assault. It's usually what they heard. Um, usually mainstream media will you know, talk about crime every single day, every night on all ep- episodes of every newscast. And so it really conditions people, people's minds to believe it's worse than it really is. And it's usually mm-hmm. based off how you, what you hear others say and not what you've experienced for yourself. Mm-hmm. I say that we have police that are, Out there, we have police that are downtown every single night, especially on the weekends during the summertime. We have officers all over the city. We have help from other jurisdictions, uh, the sheriff's department, the school police, the state police, uh, the transit authority, (MTA, MTDA. We have all all of our school campus police, Mm -hmm. uh, university police. We're all working together to make sure that the city is safe and that people can be safe as they come and go especially in areas where we know they're going to be, especially downtown at ball games, whether baseball, football. Uh, and now that the arena is open, yep. there, there, there are events. Way more events. Every yes. single weekend. And yep. so we are putting officers out there. It really is a safe place. And I always look at the data. The data supports that, yes, there are things that happen, but when people say they don't feel safe, it's not because they have been victimized. It's what they've heard from the news and from other people.
0: Baltimore Police Commissioner Michael Harrison is in studio with us here on GCR. I, what you just brought up—it's interesting because now you have far more dates being filled at the arena as it is reopened, and there's a lot more. You know, Janet Jackson was on Saturday night, right? And it seems like every weekend, to your point, there's a major, massive event, and it's scheduled to be that. late, I think moving forward, that's the plan for the building. There's been a lot of talk about additional things that the Orioles want to do around the stadium to end the ballpark village. As the commissioner of the police, when you hear things like that, do you say, "I that's good"? I like that. I want more activity downtown. I want there to be more going on on nights where there aren't baseball games. Where I, I want there to be people understanding, "Hey, it's okay to be down here, to be in the city, and to be you know around this community and lifting up local
6: businesses." Well, I all you know, I'm a resident of the city. I always want the city to be vibrant and resilient and for things to do, have things to do, places mm-hmm. to go, places to dine, to be entertained. That's, that speaks to the economic development and growth and expansion of our city and the economic maturity and stability of our city. So we want that. As the police commissioner, I always have to ask the question about capacity. What is our capacity to provide safety sure. as the city becomes more vibrant and uh, more open and things are coming to the city? And we have more to do, which creates more need for security. Yep. And so, do we have the capacity? And um, who are the partners who could help us, you know, and in, increase that capacity by helping us provide that public safety and security, so that people are safe and that people feel safe, and that they would want to come into the city and go to these events like ball games, like concerts, um, and and like dining, all of the above. So my job is to make sure that. Number one, we have good partners. and as we um, as officers, as we recruit officers to come into the department and as officers are leaving, you know, our agency is becoming a little smaller, but that's a national issue. It's not just in Baltimore. We have to be smart about how we deploy. So we're utilizing all of our partnerships and relationships to create robust deployments in downtown, in mid city, in every part of the city where, Not just big events happen, but even some smaller events Mm -hmm. where young people would gather so that we can make sure they are safe to protect them sometimes from themselves. I understand that. And so we, we have to do that. But it takes partnerships and relationships. The BPD can't and doesn't do it alone. Right. It is. It is with the help of all of our partners. Again, to and be clear, never, but,
0: never I. But I uh, want to make that when I say I understand, it, it was never I. I just know other people were doing things no, like that I,
6: over the years. I got you. I was right. I was not with you. So exactly it wasn't right. Me you either.
0: and I were never causing problems whatsoever. <laughs> that wasn't the case, um commission There's a very interesting moment that's coming, and it's a state law, and we will now have moving forward in the state of Maryland starting this summer legal weed um this is a new thing here in maryland i know it was decriminalized previously but this is now different and i don't know what this looks like i I have no clue i was joking with um our friend amanda i was like can we just walk up and down the? like if i go to a baseball game can i wander from bar to bar smoke again i want to make this very clear not glenn clark but could i walk from bar to bar smoking a joint
6: on the street i don't know what the law is, can you help me? You, you, you cannot. You cannot. And for it, what it does is, for adults 21 years and older, uh, can possess up to 1.5 ounces of cannabis. You can grow up to two cannabis plants in your home for personal use. There's no, pers- there's no penalty for personal use up to 1.5 ounces. Now, there are some fines up to $250 for the first offense for use of marijuana in public. So, no, you cannot okay. walk around smoking marijuana in public. It is still... While it may be lawful, it is still an intoxicant. It is still, um, it alters your uh, your senses. Mm-hmm. So it is like drinking. We don't want you to have an altered state and drive.
0: Uh, un- understood.
6: We do not want, so we have to be very careful, though it is legal, um, just like at one time alcohol became legal, we still want to make sure people are being responsible.
0: So, is it basically you can smoke in your own
6: home, in in private parts? You you can, and yes. you can possess it in your home or even in public, possess it. Right, up to a certain amount, and but not use, not public use in public spaces and outdoors with other people. Somebody would say, if I'm in, sitting in my car, that's still well that that may be considered somewhat of private use. Okay. However, it's an altering.
0: Yep. So if you see you sitting there in your car and an then you start substance. that substance, we don't yeah. want you
6: to be inebriated. We don't want the effects of it to alter your senses where now you're driving under the influence because it does it does alter your 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 ability just like alcohol does. And so we don't we want people to be safe. And so that is a concern. We don't want people to do that. We if it is lawful, just have a plan. Make sure you're not going to drive under the influence. What is what does that look like for you guys
0: now as it becomes legal? And well, I, I think it's. I'm sure it's you've dealt with it before when it wasn't legal. Well, we've dealt with it before, but yeah. now
6: that it is lawful, we have to figure out how we are going, how the science is going to help us create a test for it. Like mm-hmm. we can test people who are drinking yep. under the influence, but how we are going to test for it if someone is caught under the influence and driving
0: right now is it pretty much you have to describe and say, we, we are confident that this person should not be driving a vehicle. We can tell
6: that the person is under the influence yes. based on our observations and training. There's not the development of a scientific test to test for it in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do it in a hospital. We can take blood, we can take yep. urine, but in right. the field, there's, you know, it may exist. We just don't have it here.
0: Sure. Sure. I know I, I know this was part of the issue when they were you know, debating the law. That was part of the conversation. About it. But the point is, like, don't suddenly think that you're going to be able to just wander around downtown and, you know, just smoke openly. And that's just going to be cool. That's not what the law
6: provided. That's for. not what the law provides.
0: Understand that. Understand. That. Again, not an issue for me. But I don't think the kid over there, I'm just saying might, <laughs> might have to look out. Well, might well, have well. to look out for you? him. Might have to. Glenn, I would, no, don't,
6: don't ever do anything wrong in front of this guy. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'll call you out immediately. Because he talks a lot. Um, <laughs> commissioner, one of the other
0: topics has been relevant in the sports world recently. We saw the baseball coach at the University of Alabama get fired because there was a connection between he and a known better, and it was determined that there was some information that was being shared. Um, there have been a couple of scandals recently involving athletes at the University of Iowa and Iowa State about them being involved in betting. As sports betting has become legal, which has, you know, for the most part, been a nice economic boost, and while, yes, I am sure there are plenty of negatives and people who have, you know, fallen in trouble, and we always encourage you to call 1-800-GAMBLER if you fall into a, a point of addiction or of need or concern, I wonder if you and your department have had to be involved or learn more about You know what? If there are strange patterns, and somebody at the horseshoe says to you, "Like we're a little bit nervous about this," like is that in your area at all?
6: We have not yet had conversations about that. And usually, what happens is just like what what happened with sports betting. There's a new phenomenon that comes, and then when things begin to happen, we have to then work to create legislation to regulate it, Mm -hmm. work to create legislation on how to enforce when crimes are committed Mm -hmm. regarding betting and anything else. So this is no different. Uh, The new phenomenon is here, but we have not encountered any issues where we have to enforce that a crime was broken. So we have to figure out what crimes would exist, if any, what to do about it, and then create some legislation around it. Right now, it's, it's very new to us. And just like the legalization of marijuana, we will have things to happen and we will figure it out and we will figure out what's the appropriate enforcement and what constitutes a crime. We don't yet know that because this is so brand new.
0: It's funny. I'm going to ask this question. There is a comparison to to marijuana, right? Like I've heard a lot of people say, I don't care that marijuana is going to be legal. I'm going to I say I heard a lot of people say I've heard other people say on the streets, not me directly. I want to make that abundantly clear. I would still prefer to buy from my guy because I don't want to buy what the government thinks that I should be able to buy, right? Like, I've heard that. I wonder if that still exists even in sports betting where, like, despite the fact that you can go to a casino or you can do it even on your phone now, for whatever reason, somebody says, yeah, but I like betting with Skip. Do you
6: still... Well, that, that happens. And so when, when communities... I am when, really worried when, that you're going to eventually when, try to use no, no, some no, of the no. things that I've said against am, <laughs> me in the court. Of, I, am I am really not. worried. This, that, is, this is your freedom of speech. Th- this right? might you're, be a, you're protected I'm, by freedom of, is of speech. Is this
0: an entrapment situation? Is it this is, what this it is, is? It
6: is not. You're asking the <laughs> question. Right, okay? so yeah, you you actually brought it up. Right. <laughs> I would say that just like the legalization of any drug, we have to, you know, we have to, people still want, people who make money doing it before it was legal will still want yeah. to make money. And so they will still try to do that because that's how they earn their money unlawfully. Well, just like with sports betting, there will be people who, before sports betting, will still want to make money. So people will still do that, and people will still. I'm just try imagining
0: to, you guys breaking up a gambling ring right now really and being flawless.
6: like, "Guys, you can just go to the casino. What is? What are you doing?" Well, it's the you know, but when people go to buy. Um, marijuana now. Yeah. They, you buy marijuana now. Not again. If, you're if, looking if, at me, if, which is no, no. not me. <laughs> not well, <laughs> I, I look into the camera. You know, those <laughs> who you, buy marijuana unlawfully, mm-hmm. not not in a place that lawfully sells it. But when you buy it unlawfully, you buy it in the same places and in the same way you buy heroin and cocaine and illegal guns and anything that's illegal. You do it the same way and from the same people. But now that it's being legalized, you know, there are dispensaries and places where yep. you'll be able to go. Well, you can now bet at the casino. But those who do underground betting and those who do it unlawfully earn their money that way. They will still want to earn their money that way. And we will then have to figure out how are we going to enforce that? What constitutes a crime right. and how are we going to enforce it? Is there legislation that allows us to do it now or do we need to go create it?
0: It's interesting. I mean it's just it's fa- it's unfathomable to me that that could still be going on, but I get it. Like that's this is what we do, this is what we know and there could be situations where I get better odds from this person or whatever it is and that's the reason why I continue to do it, but obviously that becomes unlawful at this point. Have you had to learn anything I one of my favorite things in the world is strange laws that are still on the books, right? Like we love Have you learned anything about a law that exists here in Baltimore? that maybe wouldn't have existed in New Orleans or somewhere else that you've been, not that you've necessarily enforced, but you're like, why is this a law since you've shown well, up here? Well,
6: I, I I, excuse me, I, I don't know that I can call anything off of the top of my head, but there, yeah. are, always, there are always laws that we say, well, why is that, right. why is that unlawful and or why is it lawful? You know, we ask the question both ways. And there, in some places, what is lawful, certainly in New Orleans, is not lawful here. Um, you know, everything is open 24 hours a day. You can, you know, nothing closes. Yep, yep. But here and in other places, things close at a certain time. Um, and it will be unlawful for for that to be any different here. So it's different cultures. And the culture changes from city to city, state to state. So it's not unusual because I've been to so many different places to to see how things are, are done. So I don't know that there's anything that is curious to me.
0: I, it's funny because when I would visit New Orleans, I was told two, two things. You can do whatever you want, but don't do do not pee on the street. That was the one thing I was told. You do whatever you want to do, you pee on the street, you're getting busted. That's the way it's going to work, right? And I was yes. like, okay, I'll, I can keep that in mind. I think that's a very, there's a lot of bars here. I figure feel but like you, I can get into you, one you of them. You have
6: the, to slow down uh, your intake to keep yeah, from having, you know, put yourself in that position.
0: 100%. And then the second one was, and don't speed on the causeway. They're gonna bust you. Don't speed on the causeway. They're gonna get you yeah. every time. Do not speed. Whatever you do, right. don't speed on the causeway. Those are the two things that I was warned about when I went down to New Orleans. They said basically everything else, you're pretty much good. <laughs> not, not. I know it's not actual. Not I know that's not actually the case, <laughs> but within reason,
6: I was told that way. Um, and you mentioned that you're still looking for folks. We are still looking for folks. We want to. We're hiring. We have great incentives. Uh, sign-on bonuses, uh, housing allowance, student debt, help with student debt, um, We retention bonuses. We want to we hire the best and brightest, but we want to keep good people in our department and try to, to encourage them to stay longer. So we have great incentives. We're the highest paid in the state. Okay. And we have great packages, great incentives to come on. Um, And so anybody interested in a career in law enforcement really should look at the Baltimore Police Department. We are the greatest comeback story in America. It is a department now that's a model department, and people from around the country are visiting Baltimore to see what the Baltimore Police Department is doing. And so if you have an interest or know someone with an interest, has an interest in joining a law enforcement agency, you really should consider looking at the Baltimore Police Department. I invite you to join one of the best departments in America. Now. Very cool. And 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 it's a look. We
0: need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. Uh, by the way, this was just sent to me to Jet by Jeff. I don't know how valid it is. Jeff says, in the city of Baltimore, you can spit on a city street or roadway, but it is prohibited to spit on sidewalks. So there's a funky there's a funky law. He also says, it is illegal to curse inside the city limits. You've never busted anyone. For cursing, have you? Well, that's, you, know, you won't believe this.
6: That's the reason why Press Box moved to the county. We're, probably, <laughs> all, we're probably all guilty of both of them. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I saw a
1: weird one that said you're not allowed to take a lion to the movies in Baltimore. Oh, well, what the hell? Apparently. Well <laughs> oh, that's I, it.
0: i am never going back. I'm, I'm staying in a in the couple places. Now. Where it am just, I supposed to take my... Have, how am I supposed to watch a movie with my lion then? <laughs> it seems very simple. Uh, Commissioner Harrison, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Appreciate you. you coming in and hanging out with us Thank this you guys. morning. Thank uh, Wishing everybody a very happy Preakness on Saturday and a safe, you know, beneficial day to the city of Baltimore, where we look good in front of a national audience and people let's say, "Let's
6: enjoy, but let's be safe." That's
0: That's a, right. that's a place I want to be. Great to have you here, as
6: always. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: A lot more to do today. We're going to talk uh, NCAA lacrosse tournament that's coming up with Patrick Stevens on so much more into hour number two here on Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning
4: company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
5: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holliday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm
2: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
5: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of
4: every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s
3: from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, thanks again
0: to uh, Commissioner Michael Harrison for joining us in studio this morning. Appreciate that. I, I am a little bit afraid that he might think something of me after oh, well, that I mean, visit. You, I was trying to hypothetically ask questions, but it sounded a lot like I was saying... So now when I, I do this, I mean when somebody right, when somebody else was telling me that Yeah, I all right, I'm gonna just move on. We're just gonna move right along from that topic because I don't think anything good is coming from it. Uh hey, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Why bet an illegal underground ring? by the way, could you imagine at this point being the commissioner and somebody coming back to you like, Hey, we just busted this underground betting ring and you're like, What what?
1: And be like, Why I mean Good, but
0: you're allowed to bet. You don't have to do this. What is going on here? Um, If you're going to bet legally, you can do it from your phone, and you need to take advantage of all the great offers and incentives like getting five second chance bets from PointsBet. When you deposit and bet your first $50, just go to pressboxonline.com slash offers to claim your incentive. Is it still going to be called points bet, or is it going to be like fanatics points bet? I don't I don't know it's what that's going to be like moving forward. Read the press release here. I'll uh, I'll have John Colson dive into that as well. Um, a couple of things quickly, and then we're going to chat with our buddy Patrick Stevens here in just a minute. They uh, did finalize every time. So somebody presented this to me. What?
1: I mean, well, I guess their lo- their logo now just has fanatics like
0: but around it still says well, we'll be points bet yeah it still says points I don't know if it'll be points bet brought to you by fanatics whatever it is um so the the, the Zedaria Smith trade became official this morning and I I didn't get to talk about it much yesterday just because we had a lot of other things to discuss but it was brought up to me and I I apologize I don't remember who said this to me last night they said well keep in mind Zedaria Smith in the second half of last season kind of stunk and I said I don't know, is it possible that a nine-sack guy could kind of stink? And I went back and I looked, and through week eight, Zadarius Smith had seven and a half sacks, and then he finished with nine. Now, I would still say, well, this isn't like talking about, with Justin Houston, you can say, well, hey, at his age, it's very difficult to imagine him you know, being able to replicate the production that he had early in the year, a year ago, in Baltimore. I don't know why I would feel that way about Zadarius Smith at 30. Like, is it odd that he wasn't as productive the rest of the year? I don't think he even played in the final game of the season. Is it, is it odd? I guess it is. And I certainly did not watch nearly enough Vikings games to know if he was making an impact but taking on more double teams and opening things up for someone else. But I'm still going to struggle. It, this is the hilarious part. They didn't even get two fifth-round picks for Zedarius Smith. They, they swapped two picks to move up to the fifth round. A sixth and a seventh for two fifths. And Zadarius Smith. I am so befuddled by this trade, I, I can't begin to describe it. I, I don't know if the Ravens, you know, just were not interested because of Zadarius Smith rebuffing them a year ago. Like, they just said, hey, we're not going to get into this conversation. Or if they just said, hey, we we can't spend any more money. There's no way. As much as we've massaged our cap to this point, there's no way that we can make it work. What is Darius Smith's cap figure for this year? I mean, I, I don't want to talk out of my butt. Zadarius Smith's cap figure, I would assume, because I know he sound, signed a healthy contract. Zadarius Smith is staring down a... 66 total. I got it. I got uh, it. Nope, for some One, reason I know, spot is mean, I'm looking is, at it too and it's just What is that all empty. about? That is a really weird bit. Okay. Uh, well, so, if
1: it's 117 guaranteed I I mean we I, we can't guess. <laughs> I
0: that is the difficult part. Hang on a second. Let me get I got it here. Uh, go to a different source. Uh 15.4 is his cap figure for this season. So that's that's, that's a healthy that's, pretty big. that's a yeah. healthy number. And so it might be that there was no way for the Ravens to massage it and make it work, like I I will acknowledge that that's possible. There was just no way. Although you would think with Lamar Jackson's number being as small as it is, um, I mean uh, maybe they're still planning on Leonard Floyd and some or, or are they still intend to sign. They did, of course we got to call Patrick here. Oh, yeah. um, and obviously they added in Sam Mustafer yesterday, so like they're not done adding players. Um, their number sits at 227. All right, so. Okay, I mean, they they still have to clear space at this point. And I, I think some of that, I don't remember all that. This is where I'd rather be having this conversation with Brian McFarland. It's totally possible that it just wasn't feasible. There was no way for them to make it work, because you would think that that price for that player, it'd be a price that other teams would be willing to pay. Hour number two of today's show, also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash contests. Opportunity for you to go check out all of the area's minor league baseball teams. Four tickets to each of the mi- local minor league baseball teams, plus an easy pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25.00 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. You must be 18 or older in order to enter, and the sweepstakes ends June 14th. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contest to get registered today. Joining us now, of course, Rita Stuff, USA Lacrosse Magazine. Follow him on Twitter, at Discourse. He is our friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. I hear you had some adventures in traveling on Saturday trying to beat the weather.
7: Yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of an adventure simply being in Charlottesville when the, you know they had a lightning delay. And then once the players got back on the field, it was basically a deluge right then and there. And then, uh, but, you know, the best part, of course, was feeling like I had the timing down right. I was at Charlottesville about five after four. The seven thirty game in College Park. Oh, I could totally make it. Yeah. And there's a wreck on the Beltway, and it takes three hours and twenty minutes to actually make the trip. Aye. So that was that, that. it was. It was nice to be reassured that, that some things, some things you can count on all the
0: time. No doubt about that. No matter when it is, what time of day it could be two in the morning, and you can be counting on the fact that your day is going to be ruined if you end up on the Beltway. All right, uh, a heck of a first weekend. Obviously, there were a couple of blowouts, but some real thrillers, including in College Park on Saturday night. Um, I guess just the totality of it. Biggest takeaways for you from the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament?
7: Yeah, like you said, like there were five pretty good games and, and three games that, that weren't so great. And you know, I think you could see the Virginia Richmond and and Notre Dame Utah games coming as you know it was going to take certain things happening. Uh, For them to be interesting, and then when those things didn't happen, it 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 got kind of carried away there. Uh, I was impressed with Johns Hopkins what they did in the middle two quarters against Bryant, scoring Mm -hmm. 15 goals in a row at one point. I mean this this did not strike me as a Hopkins team that was going to drop 22 goals on anybody, um, you know, let alone in an NCAA tournament game. So, you know, great for Hopkins, and then. You, know, you look at those games and the the one goal games throughout the bracket, even the even the Yale Georgetown game, nineteen to seventeen, the Georgetown one was fantastic. But Duke getting pushed uh by a really experienced and, and slick Delaware team, uh, the Army Maryland game on Saturday night that you mentioned. You know, Penn State finishing up the, the weekend with that one goal victory over Princeton after being down by what was it, six there yep. in the first half. Um, and, uh, you know, there was another one goal game, the overtime game between Michigan and Cornell. that might've been the best game of the weekend, uh, where that game was tied, I think, 10 different times. So, uh, you got a lot of really good games that weekend. I'm curious to see now, uh, can, do we get another weekend where there's like three of the four games are really good, or is this where you see, you know, the, the separation that was apparent throughout the entire season of Duke, Notre Dame, Virginia, ahead of everybody else. that's uh, Do we get do we get three blowouts and maybe kind of an interesting Penn State Army game? That, I, I think it's an open question.
0: I, I wanted to phrase it this way. Did anything happen this weekend that convinced you it wasn't still those three teams and then everybody else?
7: Not really. I mean, yeah. I, I was not surprised that Delaware gave Duke some problems. I didn't think that was going to be a 12-11 game. I thought it would be more like 15-11 for Duke. But... You know, Duke is a team that there's pro, in just about every game Duke plays, there's, you know, 20 to 30 minutes where they play really, really well. And the other 30 minutes, you just don't know what it's going to be. And so that's the thing with them that makes me wonder um, can they stitch together four complete enough games, close enough to complete games? Uh, but there's nothing that suggested to me um, that anybody else was that much better. I mean, it, you know, Michigan went on the road and won a one goal game in overtime, which is awesome for Michigan. But I don't know if I think that they're that much better than I did after watching them beat Penn State and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen Army already this year. And, and what they've done is they've played everybody well. They've, their three losses are by a combined four goals. For, so for them to come in and, and play a, a you know an up and down Maryland team in a one goal game, not shocking. Yeah. Um, I did not expect them to get to 16 goals. And the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure you want to get into Maryland in a bit here, but Army just ran by Maryland's defense at midfield. Just had no problems whatsoever doing it. The The goal, the the go-ahead goal with about three and a half to play by Jacob Moore was a perfect example of that. Like, is anybody going to cover this guy? Can anybody cover this guy? And then, you know, you, you know, I, I think certainly you come out of the weekend with a more positive opinion of Hopkins after what it did to Bryant. Uh, but at the same time, like dealing with Bryant and dealing with Notre Dame are two very, very different things. The one thing you can say about Hopkins after the schedule that it played, and not just the Big Ten teams in Virginia and Carolina and Syracuse, but also play in the likes of St. Joe's and, and Utah along and Delaware along the way and Jacksonville that were all really good teams. Like you have a pretty good idea what Hopkins is. Sure. And while that was a better offensive showing than maybe I thought was coming, I think we still have a decent idea as to what sort of level Johns Hopkins is at. And they're going to have to play pretty well to knock off Notre
0: Dame. Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. Patrick, it's funny because I do want to talk about Maryland, but I'm not really sure how much more there is to say. I think this is sort of to the point. I think a, a lot of us kind of saw this coming and, and you said like, this is a team that could win a few games and make a run or they could absolutely lose in their first game to army. And I, I don't know, I think we've said a lot about Maryland this year, and this is kind of the story of the season. They, maybe you could argue, overperformed at times based on what they actually were, and the reality was they won a national championship and won undefeated last season, lost a lot, and this was always going to be more difficult to try to pull something off this year.
7: It was. I think the I think the story I take away from Maryland is that coming into the year, I think everybody looked at them and saw the graduation losses on offense and now Al- Eric Molliver's hurt. And so there's big questions on offense. And you're like, well, this defense with Brett Makar and Ajax Zapatello and John Geppert and Logan McNaney in the cage, like that's going to be what kind of keeps them in things. And, of course, Luke Weirman on face And so, you know, McNaney gets hurt a couple games into the season, lost for the year. Brian Ruppel steps in, plays well, certainly right out of the shoot. Um, but I think defense has kind of figured him out a little bit. And, and you know, I think you would, he would have, he would probably acknowledge that making five saves in a first-round game just wasn't going to cut it. Right. But that wasn't the first time that, that he'd struggled a little bit. Yep. But it's not just on the goalie. Like, I mean, Zapatello gets hurt too. Uh, and, and I think that's almost a perfect bookend for this team. McNaney and Zapatello going down. One on the front end of the season, one on the back end of the season, and Maryland's defense in the end just simply wasn't good enough to be able to sustain anything. I mean, you look at at uh, you know Michigan put fourteen on them, uh, Army puts the sixteen on them here. Uh, they they managed to win enough faceoffs to hide that deficiency for a good chunk of the season, uh, but it became a much bigger deal at the end of the year. And uh, you know they needed to have a game. And this is no knock on on Luke Weirman but they needed a game where they had the ball for 70% of the time. And it just, that just did not happen. And that's a lot, that has a lot to do with Will Coletti, Frederick County kid. Um, and that did a great job for army. Uh, it's funny. You think about, you go back to Maryland's title run in 17, and they ran into all those good faceoff guys along mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was, whether it was Baptiste or Erlen or whoever, and they just kind of scrapped their way to like 45 to 50% against most of them. It's like, that's good enough. And, that's kind of the approach that, that an Army would have to take against Maryland this year. Like, well, this is a really good face-off guy, but if we can make it 50-50 and it was 18-17 to 17 for Maryland, so close enough, uh, that's fine. And that was essentially the one thing Maryland had going for it. And if it was going to be close, then they were going to probably get exposed on the defensive end, and that's, and that's what happened.
0: Now, Hopkins on, Sa- on Sunday down in Annapolis gets that test that you brought up in Notre Dame. As good as they looked against Bryant, as nice of a season they've put together, there's one team all year that's been able to beat Notre Dame. Did it twice, obviously, in Virginia. What would a roadmap be to Hopkins having a chance to pull off a victory against one of the favorites to win the national championship?
7: Well, I think you start with what we were talking about going into the first round, which was like, well, maybe Utah, which had a, a really good faceoff guy and had just had a great weekend in the A-Sun tournament, Maybe they can win enough face-offs, and maybe they can, they can control things and, and maybe keep things in check for Notre Dame. Well, that didn't happen. The Notre Dame face-off guys did fantastic, and they were up 8 nothing in a blink of an eye. And that game was over faster than any other game this weekend. So Hopkins needs to win faceoffs and kind of control the pace. And I, I think, too, uh, one of the things that they need to do is continue to get help from all over the roster. You know, when you look at Notre Dame, they've got great options on close defense. Chris Fake, formerly of of mm-hmm. Yale, it feels like he's been playing college lacrosse forever. Uh, and Chris Conlon, the Holy Cross transfer. Their D middies between Ramsey and Tevlin are fantastic. Tevlin's one of my favorite players in the country because of just how much stuff he does. He runs for, on the on the midfield. He on offense, he plays face off wings. He plays short stick D middy. When they go into demand down, they give him a pull and he runs out there. Uh, and so you look at Hopkins and you say, well, you're probably going to have to have a fair bit of possession. You're going to have to have a good goalie game. Tim Marciel is going to have to probably steal a couple. Uh, I think one of the keys to dealing with, with, uh, with Notre Dame is to do what Virginia did. And it's easier said than done because they've got so many big defensemen. Uh, it's basically to be able to prevent the ball from getting inside uh, the Taylor kid is basically a lethal finisher, uh, a guy that is able to to take all sorts of passes from both Kavanaugh brothers and just deposit them in the cage. Simple as that. And so, you know, I think Hopkins is going to have to, A, score to some level here. You're probably going to need 12, 13, 14 goals to win this thing. But they need some other things to go right, too. Now, the good thing for Hopkins is, is they've been a fairly consistent team. And so, you know, if they're on the upper end of that, consistency, then they might have a shot in this one. I, I think they do have a shot, but they're going to have to play really well. This is not a game where they can go out and commit 15 turnovers and expect to win.
0: No, I think there's no doubt about that. That's the second game on Sunday, Penn State Army, the first game for those that are headed down to Annapolis. Again, I know those aren't two teams that we think are you know title contenders, but what do you expect from that one?
7: Well, you know, like I said earlier about Army, like, you know what level they're at. And I give Penn State a ton of credit uh, for the season that they've put together. It, they're not a team full of stars. They have good players, the Trainer brothers and TJ Malone. And Ethan Long had five goals after uh, scoring 11 the entire regular season. And then you look at Jack Posey on defense, and you've got Frassy on the goalie, um, who's probably their best, been their best player this I mean, that's a first or second team All-America type goalie right there. And so I think that has, you know, the makings of a 12-11. Like, I expect that game to be close. I expect it to be entertaining. And it might just be the best game of the weekend. Although, on paper, it it could be kind of fun to see Virginia and Georgetown trade blows here. I don't know if if Georgetown has quite enough in the tank to keep up with Virginia. But I also don't expect that game. To be anywhere near as a, near as much of a dud, yeah. as their quarterfinal two years ago was when Virginia won fourteen to
0: three. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I, I that Georgetown the performance that I saw against Loyola. Still, I don't know. I'm I'm a believer in what Georgetown has been doing for a while, and the chance for them to ha- at least, to your point, be in that game, give themselves a chance. Um, before we play our game, one note: um, Maryland loses Ian Martinez. I know that was a bit surprising. Um, what's the actual impact for them of losing Ian Martinez?
7: Well, it probably means that they'll be leaning on freshmen a little bit more. It also means that they'll be looking in the portal for one more dude uh, in all likelihood. Or maybe they just sign an extra freshman late something along those lines. Or maybe they hold the scholarship in case somebody transfers in the middle of the season and they want to be able to pick somebody up. But that's kind of the math for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know, it's obviously not like losing Hakeem Hart, but that's still five points a game or so you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game. And so they're going to need to find somebody to, to, to fill that role. Now, if the recruiting class is as good as everybody says it is, then it's probably not going to be as much of a problem. And you can divvy up those minutes among some of the newcomers. Uh, but it certainly does leave a, a little bit less experience. And I believe that reduces the number of players in the program who were in the program when Mark Turgeon was still the head coach uh, to two. I believe it's Dante mm-hmm. Scott
0: and Julian Reed yeah. are the only two holdovers left. That's a good point. That is a good point. All right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB players that this particular team has played for? I came across something, Patrick. I had no maybe you knew this, because the first person that's on our list this week is someone who apparently you can go see play in Frederick this summer as he signed with their Atlantic League team. Um, that just launched play this year. And I was completely unaware of that. And maybe at some point you're going to say to me it's time for us to go out there and watch that team. Four teams for a four time All Star who once led the NL in hits. Starlin Castro.
7: Starlin Castro is out there? Wow.
0: I had no idea. Oh. Um, what team is he on now? The Frederick Atlantic League really? team that doesn't have a name yet. Yes.
7: It doesn't have a name. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe they can uh take commanders after Yeah, they if
0: the they boot it down in Washington. Team gets rid of that the Frederick Commanders. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. I like that.
7: Um so how about uh we go with the Cubs for yep. Starling Castro?
0: Of course. The bulk okay. of his career. Yep.
7: He, he was uh, he was a New York Yankee, Most correct?
0: certainly was for a couple of seasons after that. All, by the way, multi-year stops for Starlin Castro. He did not have a single-year or half-season stop anywhere. Uh, Miami? Miami after that. And then?
7: I believe it was the National.
0: It was indeed. So he went 4 for 4 I regret the fact that I gave you such an easy one to follow it up with. So that was a mistake. Um, the second one I had is still an active player, but I'm pretty sure he's on his final team uh given where he went uh this season and I think you'll understand why I was thinking about him lately. Uh it's five teams for a five time All Star. Andrew McCutcheon it was our second player.
7: Andrew McCutcheon uh Pittsburgh. Yep. San Francisco. Yes. He uh was in Milwaukee.
0: Was in Milwaukee last year,
7: yes. Uh Philadelphia. Yes. And he was a Yankee
0: for a second, wasn't he? There you go. Five for five on Andrew McCutcheon. Well done, sir. All right. Uh, is it is it uh, just Annapolis this weekend, or are you trying to sneak up on Saturday, too, somehow?
7: No, it's going to be a double dip. <laughs> uh, driving up Friday to Albany uh, to catch the two games up there. That's uh, Duke and Michigan and Virginia and Georgetown. Driving back Saturday night, up all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed Sunday Man. on shore uh, for Penn State and Army followed by uh, Notre Dame and Hopkins to close out the weekend and set up the Final Four for the Memorial Day weekend in Philadelphia.
0: At Discourse, d one course on Twitter. Of course, it's how you follow him, USA Lacrosse Magazine, to see all of his stuff. Patrick Stevens, appreciate you, sir. We'll preview the Final Four next week. Thank you for doing it. Thanks so much, Glenn. Patrick Stevens with us as he is every Tuesday here on GCR. Yeah, Starling Castro apparently signed with the Frederick Atlantic League team which is, like, I saw somebody else that was on that team. Hang on a second. I, I was looking at that. We should reach out to them because I'm pretty sure Jimmy Parides. Really? Orioles legend Jimmy Paredes is on that team as well. Hang on. Let me pull that up right now. Uh, here's the roster. See, they don't have Starling Castro on their roster. This is the interesting part to me. There was definitely an announcement that they had signed him, but he is not listed on their roster, so I'm wondering if he maybe changed his mind. <laughs> I'm not kidding about it. Why would he change his mind? I, I, it's baseball. I don't. I, brother, I don't have all of the answers, but uh, the Atlantic League website on April 24th Jeez. said, uh, the new soon-to-be-named Frederick Atlantic League Professional Baseball Club is excited to announce the signing of veteran infielder Starlin Castro. Ooh. Castro, 33, is a 12 year MLB, blah, 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 blah. But I go to their roster right now and I look at their infielders and they have Esvaldo Abreu, Luke Becker, Gavin John, Scott Kelly, and Jose Marmalejos. I see those. No... Marmalejos is a definitely good baseball name. Starlin Castro on that list. The injured list only has Stephen Brault, the former uh, uh, big oh. league uh, uh He was, was a r- pirate, resume. reliever. I want to say he might have been a national too, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't I mean, start
1: guessing but, his teams.
0: No, I don't think Stephen Brault is nearly <laughs> relevant Let's say enough. Mets as well. No, not the Nationals. There was one other team for Stephen Brault at the end. Last year he was with the... Stephen Brault was a giant. He was a cub last year. I do not... That's what I meant. I, you know, I, I I remembered him getting a start in the Orioles system. I did not remember which trade he was involved with. So Stephen Brault came up in the Orioles system and then was traded to the Pirates. It was the Travis Snyder trade that sent Stephen Brault to the Pirates, where he was quite effective. The point being, he is on the team for sure, but I both saw Paredes and Starling Castro listed as having signed with the um, Frederick team, and yet I see neither one of them on the roster, so I don't know what that's all about. Don't have a clue. Yeah, they both signed. They definitely both signed. With the Frederick Atlantic League team. But I don't know if they both just sort of said, there must have been Meh. a
1: in there. If you change your mind, it's all cool.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure that's how all Atlantic League deals no, okay. work. We're like, you know, you come here. You, if you want to try to work your way back to the big leagues or you just want to Gosh, keep playing you know, baseball like or if, whatever. If the Yankees wanted to sign them, it'd be like, well, he signed with us. Right, correct. So well, we've got the Frederick the... Atlantic League <laughs> baseball team has the rights to Starling Castro. I'm so sorry. You may not have him. I'm pretty sure the option is always you can just do whatever it is that you want to do. These are not binding contracts by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know if they, like, showed up, looked around, and they were like, yeah, I don't want to do this, or if they just – I don't i don't know what the story is. They both definitely signed with that team, and that was a pretty high-level – a four-time All-Star in Starlin Castro, a pretty significant player to have signed, but uh, not going to be a part of – I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to know. Maybe they – Needed a little bit more build up to get ready for the season. I don't know. I can't. I can't answer these questions. Uh, hour number two of today's show, also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson were back in action last night. If you missed it, you can find it at facebook.com/slash PressBox Sports by clicking on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com/slash PressBox Online or pressboxonline.com/slash video every Monday night six o'clock. Facebook.com/slash PressBox Sports for Stan the Fan. Luke Jackson and Ross Grimsley talking Orioles and talking baseball. Um, UMBC softball is back in the NCAA tournament. They have uh, become quite the power in recent years. And a really unique story this year that was brought to my attention, and I think it's really spectacular, about our next guest, who was the MVP of the America East Championship and had a really special season after she dealt with some tragedy in her own life it's a pleasure for us to welcome into the show umbc's madison wilson who's with us now here on gcr madison it's glenn it's great to chat with you congratulations on the incredible season that you have had and being back in the ncaa tournament
8: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here to be able to do
0: this, M- Madison. I um I did not know um you know your story, and it's you know I'm gonna I I can only imagine how emotional it is for you, and I'm might end up getting emotional. Um, you maybe didn't know that you were even gonna keep playing softball, and your dad was going through what he was going through. Can you tell us a little bit more about everything that you felt and the decisions that you had to make about your own athletic career?
8: Um. It was a very hard last few years, uh, right before Christmas, actually on Christmas Eve, my dad was diagnosed with neuroendocrine carcinoma of stage four of the rectum. And my dad was someone who he was a six, five, 250 pound man that was drafted by the Phillies um, when he was in college wow. and never have seen him as anyone but strong and able to do everything and anything. And to go from a time of seeing that, to seeing my dad within a year start to really decline and getting that prognosis, it was devastating. Um, It was something that I wish upon no one to go through at all. No parent, no girl, not even my worst of enemies or anything, it's something that is so hard to go through, but I was very lucky to have the support that I have here at UMBC and my friends and family to be able to get me through it. It was a challenging time, but talking with my dad, he wanted me to live my life and he wanted me to go through not with any doubt that I didn't do what what I wanted. And he wanted me to follow my dreams. And he wanted to watch me play softball. And that's exactly what I did. Last year was something that was extremely hard and took over a lot of my mental and something that I really had to face this past summer of if I wanted to come back again. And I had a conversation with him and he told me to do what made me happy. And That was something that was hard for me to figure out because I didn't know what was making me happy at that moment. And with a lot of therapy and talking with friends and family, I made the decision just to come back and see how it was. And the fall went great. And then I came back for the spring and I made a vow to myself that I would just have fun this season. And be able to do it in his honor. And that's exactly what I've been doing this whole entire time is learning to love the game again like I was when I was younger. And that's helped me so much be able to achieve what I have so far.
0: Oh, uh, that is really powerful, Madison. I I, I just... uh, (laughs) My thoughts to your family, you know, I can only imagine that doesn't go away. Um, you know, you playing softball and achieving things doesn't make that pain go away, and I understand that. But um, what a powerful testament. How much did that mean to you this season to say, hey, I, I want to play for my dad. I want to do everything I can for my dad. How much were you feeling that game in and game out? I was feeling it every single
8: game. I have a ritual that I do before I get up to bat and I go and I pray to my dad. and I talk to him every single time that we're going and praying in our circle or up on the line. I go and I pray to him and I just have a conversation of how are you and just to look down upon me. And the times that I've done that are the times that I've gone and hit home runs. And it just shows me that he's still there and wow. he's still watching over me to this day. And it's something that is the feeling you can't even describe knowing that I still have the support of my dad no matter what and I always carry him with me every everywhere that I go. And I continue to embrace what he always did, which was to make people happy and make people smile. And that's what I intend to do for the rest of my life and carry that on to carry on his legacy
0: oh that's so great oh it's so wonderful Mad- madison wilson the pride of uh, harford county garrison forest alum umbc softball now a uh, four straight uh, america east championship she's with us here on gcr um w- what got into you over the course of the tournament madison <laughs> like where <laughs> what 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 were you were you were you eating the different cereal in the morning? Was there something like what what was I happening? Actually,
8: I had my daily ritual that I always did. I always got the same food. I always did the same thing in the morning, and uh, I just locked in. and I knew that this tournament I had the support of my whole entire team. Knowing that is something that's better than any ritual that you can do. Knowing that my pitchers are going to go out there and pitch their hearts out. My players are going to go all out on that field. And knowing that I need to do my job at the plate to be able to help my team is something that is so incredibly powerful to have and to be able to embrace knowing that you have each other's backs. And you're going to be able to achieve great things with that
0: uh that proved to be the case i mean there's no doubt about it yeah what these last few years being a part of it this just absolute power that umbc softball has become can you describe like what it's been like you know through the ups through the downs for you and then how how has it happened that you all become such a dominant program within the america east
8: i think that it starts with just the players wanting to be there and wanting to put everything out onto that field. the Every team has their ups and downs and going through it is something that's incredibly inspiring to watch and something that you can learn a lot from for your life in general. I came from, I transferred from Appalachian State and there I didn't have the best of experiences. And knowing that I have a team that fully supports me, no matter what, is something that I can't even describe. Knowing that we have a family and not just one that's for show for the field is something that's so great. I know that I could call any single one of my teammates up and they would be able to sit there and talk with me if I'm going through a rough time or they, and I would do the same for them. and so amazing to have that kind of support from one another that we can just talk to each other it is something that has helped us so much and every team should have on their team because it's such a powerful tool that you can have to create greatness in your program mm.
0: it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful and i think it speaks to what every program in the country wants to be like but it is just not that easy to make it happen in reality um no it's Madison, you know, you guys you guys have made this trip before to the NCAA tournament. It's not obviously boy, you're you're walking right into the Lions Den going to Oklahoma State. Um mm-hmm. what's it take now? You know, for everything that you guys have accomplished, I can only imagine what it would mean to win a game in the NCAA tournament and really make that type of statement. What is it gonna yeah. take? You can go. Okay, no, I just meant, what will it take for you guys to be able, what have you learned from the last couple of trips, and what do you know you're going to have to do, what's going to have to go right in order to go pull off, you know, a colossal shocker and win this game on Friday?
8: Well, I feel that any team is beatable. Any team, and it shows in every single conference across the whole U.S., you see teams that are from the bottom all of a sudden upsetting bigger teams because they take them for granted. And they think that they're going to just bulldoze over top of them. And those teams come out with a theory and you have to be able to match that or be above and beyond that. And for the first two years going up against big, huge teams, when I was in um, Arizona, that was such an eye opener, such a big, huge stadium with so many fans Mm -hmm. screaming around you. And it's so surreal of, this is what it's like, this is huge. From our little softball field where we have our parents come out and our friends, being in something like that is very daunting, but now being going through it three times, it doesn't feel as daunting. It feels something that is accomplishable. And going in there knowing that we have to fight The whole entire time, every second, every pitch is something that needs to be a fight. It's something that we're going in with the mentality of to be able to win a game. When we were against Duke, we almost beat them, Georgia, Arizona. It wasn't very, they didn't win easily. They had to fight for it. and We fought the whole entire time, which is something that is awesome for us a school that nobody thinks will be able to do anything to be able to be in the game they the whole entire time is something that's awesome and this year we're really putting that mentality forward of we're not scared we're ready it,
0: it it sounds you know like and i'm not i'm not trying to create any bulletin board material or anything like that but it sounds like that you guys have an amount of confidence of you know we you you, you can't guarantee anything but you know you've built something and you're going to be able to give it your absolute best shot of pulling it off
8: Oh, definitely. We are not backing down. That's something that we said once we won our championship, we're going in there to win. We are not going to have the experience like everyone else does. We are going in there to win because we know that we can and we have the ability to. It's just us producing.
0: I, I, look, I, it would be unbelievable, right? I mean, it would be absolutely. I can only imagine what it would mean. Uh, to you, to your family, for that to happen, um, Madison Wilson. Hey, before, yeah, I, if I could, before I let you go, just I I know you talked about how you're going to live the rest of your life moving forward and what you're going to do for your dad. I, I I found out you've already been involved in trying to lift up, um, working with um, with charities and and the fight against cancer. Can you just take me through like your your future and what that looks like as you now try to say, hey, I want this to be a goal for me for the rest of my life to be involved in this fight
8: i think that it's important for everyone to know that this can happen to anyone um it's something that people don't talk about very much and it's harder for parents to talk about because they don't want to sometimes be vulnerable with their kids because they want them to see them as strong and even to the last breath my dad taught and he was i will never see him but anything but strong so i encourage so many people i will go and tell it to. please go and get checked. Do your annual check. Do not if you have a little tweak or anything like that. Trust me, nothing is worth going and having your life. Having to fight for your life because you thought that it was just something minor or something that wasn't that important that you can keep going you're fine. To go and to be able to just put it to ease for your family and it's not for yourself but for them. I, my dad was someone that never was a farm boy, he didn't go to doctors very often. Mm -hmm. But once all this happened, he talked about never wasting an opportunity, never wasting that time that you have with one another. If you might not want to go, just go. It's not worth going and regretting anything. And he told that to people to the very last breath that he has, make sure you go and never have a regret. Be able to go out there and lay everything out so that you know that you did everything that you can be there for your family, be there for your friends, do everything that you can to be there, because you never know when that time might be up. So I encourage everyone to be able to go and get checked, go and do your colonoscopies, go and do your routine checks of everything. Just to have peace of mind, it doesn't cost, it only costs a little bit to be able to have that kind of peace of mind knowing that everything's okay. And if something isn't, that you can avoid it. Because my dad sadly didn't get that. He got to the point where he was still working as a carpenter all the way up until Jeez. his diagnosis and he had stage four cancer. Uh. And it was eating away at his spine. And he didn't even know it. He thought that he had back pain because he was getting older. And it is something that is just go and get checked. I made my coaches go and do it. I made my friends and family, they all went and did it because it just puts peace of mind of knowing that you did what you're supposed to. You did the check, even though you don't want to, or it might not be fun, just go and do it because it's better than, Going and losing your life over it,
0: uh, Madison. Unknowingly, you might be talking directly to me and someone that needed to, to hear that message today. I'm a I'm a 40 year old man, and I I you you might have just shook something in me as a reminder. Um, I I am.
8: Uh, okay. For other people because it's important. Your health is worth more, and not even that, but your mental health too. I'm a big advocate on that also. Being able to take care of yourself mentally and physically. If you need help, it's not it's not, it's okay to get help. And people think that it's not because you're not strong. You're actually stronger because you are willing to say that I need help and I need someone to help me through it. It's something that's so much more powerful than saying, keeping it all locked in. Go and get help. Talk to someone. Talk to a friend. It doesn't matter who it is. Just go and get the help that you need if you are struggling, no matter if it's physically or mentally, because it's not worth it. It's not worth it having to go and fight for your life. It's, it's just as simple as just going and talking to someone.
0: Uh, Madison, I, I'm blown away uh, by your strength, and I'm, I'm so happy for you and your team and can't wait to see what happens on Friday as you guys travel down to Oklahoma State. Our, our love to your family, um, it, it, an unbelievable story and really powerful world, words. Thank you for sharing them with us this morning. We really enjoyed this conversation.
8: Thank you so much for letting me share. It's absolutely an honor to share his story and share mine. And I cannot thank you guys enough.
0: We're, we're rooting for you. Go get him on Friday. Thank you, Madison. Madison Wilson from uh, UMBC. Wow, that, uh, that hits me. Uh, that hits me big time. Um, she's on Instagram, at M.A. Wilson, 1724. Um, and I think she's a, a worthy follow, uh, given that voice that you just heard. And uh, Huge opportunity. That game will be on uh, ESPN Plus on Friday. A chance for you to check out UMBC in the NCAA tournament as they travel down to Oklahoma State this week. Whew. Wow. Um, busy, obviously. Busy Tuesday morning here on GCR. The Orioles have made a roster move, would you believe? Logan Gillaspie did indeed make a one-day appearance on the Major League roster. As we said, you can just always make the move. Interestingly enough, Cole Irvin is the one who's called back up. So, again, I guess the only question becomes, is there a thought to skipping Grayson Rodriguez at yeah. some point, and would Cole Irvin be the one that would be asked to be called upon in that situation? Like, is it a, you know, kind of like you're here and when we need you out of the bullpen tonight, we'll turn to you. But if, you know, we don't use you out of the bullpen, maybe we think about, now, of course, last night after the game, I do believe that Brandon Hyde said that Grayson Rodriguez will make his next start. But I think there's a difference between being kicked out of the rotation and maybe again looking at innings and thinking... Perhaps you skip the next time through the rotation. That, to me, has been something that I have thought about a few times in terms of Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, Cole Irvin, while it was disastrous for a few starts, has been much better his last two times out. Uh, Over his last two starts, 14 innings, nine hits, three total earned runs over those two starts. In May, he has pitched... To a point zero a seven one whip and a one point nine three in ERA in his two starts. So yeah. even the start before that, his last one in April, six innings, one run. Yeah. And Clearly then, trending yeah. in the right direction, and we'll see. But again, right now, presumably he's just there to be an extra arm in the bullpen. All right. Um man, before we get into talking some preakness with our next guest, I just uh Griffin, this is the part of the show where we normally go over the uh ALE standings correct? Uh, Yes, yes. I I do like that. It's it's 11.43 every show. Right, normally when we do that. So in first place are the Tampa Bay Rays. And then in second place, the Baltimore Orioles. Not so bad. Then in third place, the Toronto Blue Jays. In fourth place, the New York Yankees. And then in last place, oh, God, you hate to see it. It's the the Boston Red Sox in last place in the American League East. Hey, apropos of nothing, joining us now here on (laughs) GCR. He's back in town this week. Of course, we'll be calling... The Preakness on Saturday from Pimlico for NBC. He is Mount St. Joe's own. The great Larry Colmas is back with us on the program. Larry, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time.
9: Well, what an introduction. you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as people might not realize, I, I am currently a fan of that last place yeah that's a real a miserable bummer. team just that a, lost 10 to 1 last night just a real but uh, you know it, it, it's okay it's just one of those things. well hey but it's on set uh, they
0: had a good game on sunday night though right like they had a nice performance on su- oh wow no, yeah that man. was nine to one
9: they lost oh, yeah it was a little boy. bit better
0: ah, it's just i gotta tell you it's real heartbreaking larry real heartbreaking for a guy i'm still not over can the we fact we both agree can we both agree the yankees well we do agree on we that agree. we do agree okay. on that and aaron judge is a cheating cheater <laughs> As we learned last night, uh, great to talk to you, man. I, what a weird field for Saturday, right? Like, I, I, it's, is this the first time we've ever seen this, where the winner is the only Derby runner to run in the Preakness?
9: I I, I read something about this the other day. I think it's happened, you know, but a long time ago. There's usually at least two, uh, but it is very unusual for the Derby winner to be the only horse coming back in the Preakness. But that is the case this year, and. And uh, you know, it, it's just—it's been a weird year. It was a weird Derby, as far as all the late defections, and yeah. you know, uh, the the horse that the horse that won won impressively, and you know, everybody else, I guess, wants wants to wait to take him on in the Belmont. But uh, I guess we'll we'll see what happens in Baltimore. I don't think he's a cinch. I, I think he's, you know, there's a couple of horses in there that that are pretty good, uh, a couple of the new guys, and looking forward to it.
0: Let me let me get back to them in a second. Let's let's go to Mage Larry. I I still think there's a lot of equi- how good is this horse, right? Didn't run as a 2-year-old. We only have so much on him. Clearly seemed to be rising and delivered a brilliant performance in the Kentucky Derby, but do we still do we know how good this horse is outside of just being the Derby winner coming into the preakness clearly deserves to be the favorite, but you know, should it be overwhelming, or are there still reasonable questions to be asked about Mage?
9: Well, I mean, put it this way: the first, the last two starts before the Kentucky Derby, he didn't win either one of those. Right. He lost those two starts, so he's you know he's not a superstar by any means. If if that's the case, Forte beat him uh, in the Florida Derby, and he, he didn't win the Fountain of Youth either. So obviously, he's a very talented horse. His race in the Kentucky Derby was tremendous. I think it was helped a little bit by the fast pace of the race. Which you know he might not quite get as much of a, a pace in the Preakness Stakes, but uh, you know he's he's a good horse. He, you know, obviously, he wins wins the Kentucky Derby He's a very good horse. But is he a great horse? I, I'm not ready to give him that quite yet.
0: The next three horses, let's let's talk about some of these that are the shooters that are coming in. You have First Mission, National Treasure, Blazing Sevens. Obviously, these are Brad Cox, Bob Baffert. That's a we'll talk about that in a second. Chad Brown. I assume I don't know enough about these horses. What should we know going into this about those three horses that are obviously very well thought of?
9: First Mission, I think, is the strongest of that group, and uh, you know he like Mage has only had three starts. Uh, Mage only had three coming up to the Derby. This guy's only had three as well. He's run some pretty good numbers. Uh, I think he's got a you know a really a really good shot. Uh, you know f- of uh, having the the right running style. Uh, so you know, I, I think he's got a he's got a legitimate shot. Uh, the way the race sets up, I think of being able to beat Mage uh, National Treasure, uh, the Bafford horse. He just hasn't done quite enough to make me excited. But you never know. He's he's back in Bob's hands, and you know Bob is a, as good as it gets in, in the business. So uh, you know maybe we'll see some improvement from National Treasure.
0: Obviously, you don't have to worry about it. that's that's going to be more of a topic for Tarico and those guys. You just have to call the race, but that. That is a weird storyline going. Like it's it's Bob Baffert at the Preakness, so like you know you almost assume he's probably going to win. He does that basically all the time. But what an odd story that that is is sort of unfolding this week with his return.
9: It really is. I mean, Bob uh, has not been allowed to run in the last two runnings of the Kentucky Derby. As far as I know, he's okay for next year now. Uh, But uh, he's allowed to run in the Preakness, so he's got this horse, National Treasure, who he uh, has been the trainer of, but because the horse was getting ready for the Kentucky Derby and they needed to, uh, get him out of Baffert's barn in order to be eligible to run in the Derby, he went to Tim Yachtin who who uh, trained him leading up, uh, you know, to the Kentucky yeah. Derby, which he never really made. So, uh, when he when they decided not to run him in the Derby, they gave him back to Bob Baffert and, and here he is in Bob's care for the preakness so it, it is a little bit confusing but that's pretty much where we stand
0: right as a sport there's no doubt about that uh larry two local riders that have mounts in this race and i know that one in particular chase the chaos which sheldon russell will run does not seem to be a factor much at all though, you know heck mind that bird once won at 50 to 1 so uh, whatever i guess we can't dismiss anyone um but the shug McGahu horse that fergal lynch is riding the the, look, I, I, there's so little locally. You, you know the state of horse racing in this area. It ain't great. I, I think there's an opportunity to embrace something here with local riders, at least, who are getting mounts in the Preakness. Do you feel like there's any chance that perform could be a factor in Saturday's race?
9: Well, he ran great in the Tessio. I mean, uh, it was a terrific performance. He got up and won despite some, some trouble. He had a little trouble at the start. He ran into some traffic. He still was able to get the job done. He didn't run a big number in that race, uh, compared to some of the speed figures that we've seen from some of the other horses, but Hey, it was a performance that was on the track at Pimlico. So we know that he can run well at Pimlico yeah. and you know, that came, that came into play with rich strike in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, that, that horse was, was such a Churchill Downs horse at the time and he didn't run well anywhere else. Uh, he won the Derby at 80 to one. So obviously performance in great hands, he's trained by a hall of fame guy and gay Magee and Virgo Lynch is a good rider, you know. So uh, he, he's a he's a horse that would surprise me if he won. But, sure, you know, I've, I've been surprised more, uh, right? <laughs> like hey, in, in the case of Rich Strike.
0: Yep, no doubt. Oh, obviously, in the case of Rich Strike. Um, Larry, Larry Colmas is with us here on GCR. Larry, you know that so much of the storyline surrounding um, this Triple Crown season has been away from the races and has been um you know horse deaths and it was a you know obviously we had a a really serious issue here at Laurel and of course everything that was going on at Churchill Downs I I wonder and I talked to Randy about this in the the build-up the Kentucky Derby
10: you
0: know Randy was saying hey look this is concerning but the good news is it's something's being done about it it's being taken very seriously it's not just being swept under the rug that maybe the way that it would have been 20 years ago within this sport when when people talk to you about it because they know what it is that you do for a living and it's all that they hear about what do you tell them about you know whether or not there is more danger at this point or whether it concerns you anything like that
9: i think it was a really bad week at a really bad time uh you know you the, the last thing you want to see is is injured horses or or you know horses that have fatalities and especially during kentucky derby week when everybody's paying attention but as Randy you alluded to said and and it's true that there's there's never been uh, more time than now that it's being spent on safety uh it is just a, it's been paramount in racing and it has to be because you know we're we're under a lot the game is under a lot of pressure there's a lot of people out there that 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 see that uh, you know that you know horses are are having injuries and they're paying more attention than ever and and a lot of things are being done about it. Uh, the, the veterinary examinations—it's why we saw five horses scratch before the Kentucky Derby. They didn't—they didn't pass the veterinary examinations, and that's—that's that's a good thing. You—you mm. uh, you want those horses to be looked over as hard as possible to make sure that they're in proper shape to run in the races. And and the fact that that's been going on, and there's and there's so much with this new organization, HISA, that uh, is uh, taking control of. Of you know the the uh, safety issues and the medication. I mean, it, the the game is is being watched over uh, harder than it ever has, and and that is a good thing. And you know, obviously, you never want to see injuries, fatalities. That it, it's all terrible when that happens. But there are good you know thoughts that that people are actually. Trying to do something about this more than ever.
0: Yeah, you know, you bring it up, it's interesting because there was you know, there's some disappointment, right? The fact that you're not getting the Mage Forte rematch here at the Preakness, which would have been obviously great for you guys on NBC, it would have been great for us locally, had another layer of intrigue of interest. But you no, know, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to say, No, we need to honor this suspension. There's a reason why there is a suspension for two weeks. Like that this is the way it needs to be in order to make sure that the priority is protecting horses. And as disappointing as it might be for the sport, for the folks here at, at Pimlico, for the Maryland Jockey Club, it, that's the reality of it, is that that needs to be the priority in order for this sport to exist.
9: Rules are rules, and and the rule was that if a horse doesn't pass that veterinary examination, he gets his you know, 14 days on the vets list. He can't run anywhere, and that uh, unfortunately puts the Preakness Right in that uh right in that spot. And yep. he can't run in that and so they're gonna gonna have to wait. But that's you know, whether you would you know, I, I'm sure Todd Pletcher's crew didn't necessarily agree with the veterinary assessment, but you know, that's that's where we are right now.
0: Well, and I also appreciated Ramiro Restrepo, like when we talked to him the Monday after everybody's like, Hey, commit, commit, just say you're coming, like we need to hear it and he's like, Look, we're planning on it. But we're going to make sure we follow the lead of the horse. Like, we're not just going to say something for the sake of saying it. We're going to make sure that the horse is okay. And, again, as much as everybody around here was like, please just say yes so we can start preparing, I appreciated the fact that that's the way that that group was handling Mage. Like, I appreciated the fact that they were just saying, look, we want to make sure that we prioritize the horse first and then we'll go from there.
9: Of course, I mean that's what you have to do. You have to do what's best for the horse. If the horse is giving you any indications that yep. you know physically he's not ready, well, you don't go. I mean it's as simple as that. And and Ramiro is one of the one of the cooler people in this game, and I'm so happy for him and and all the connections have made. So they really, really are a, a great crew. and, and hopefully the, uh, you know, the horse will come through for them.
0: Larry, before I let you go, there is some rain in the forecast for Saturday. Um, not overwhelming. It's not a certainty at this point, but it does exist as we look at it. How do you think that could be a factor in this race? And and who did it, could that benefit? I know you do such unbelievable work on this. Do you have a sense for what that would mean if indeed there is rain on Saturday?
9: I'd have to, that's one thing I really haven't looked at too much at. I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention to uh, the forecast yet. So I haven't, I can't tell you individual horses that might move up in the rain until I I really give that a a solid look. But, you know, I'd say for the most part, you know, it, it would favor horses closer to the front end. Uh, if the track comes up sloppy, but let's hope it doesn't. We don't. Yeah. We don't want to get wet. Yeah. You know. Let's let's have a nice day.
0: I am rooting for that. I am rooting for a beautiful, pleasant day in Baltimore on Saturday, and our city looking as good as possible for a national audience. Larry Colmus, at Larry Colmus, of course, on uh, Twitter is how you follow him. And um, just again, just my my thoughts and prayers to your, uh, your the folks in Boston. I know it's been. Just a brutal time for you guys being in last place right now. So um, it's good. To yeah, it's, it's rough. Go go, Celtics. <laughs> Great to have you home as always, Larry. Appreciate you. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us. We'll be there tomorrow. Us. Okay. Enjoy. We'll look forward to seeing you. <laughs> That's Larry Colmas from NBC, the pride of Mount St. Joe. Of course, will be on the call for uh, Saturday's Preakness for uh, the race itself. Always appreciate him taking the time for us uh, ahead. Of that big race. Yeah, it's a 42% chance of rain during the day, 48% at night. Of course, post-time for the Preakness is at 6.50. So, like, it's kind of right in the middle of day and night, so I don't really know. Okay, let me check. I can usually tell... You can tell, yeah, like just
1: based on it's what they're predicting. Oh, yeah, just like well, if I need to know more about this system. Because if if like I don't know if they're uh, let's see. What well, so close. how do you? I, I want to know how you tell. It, it it's easier when we're closer, so like usually the yeah, day yes, before normally, when they show the hourly thing. Right. That's not, if if right. if there's any when bit of sun. When they just tell you. Yeah. No. No. Well, if there's any bit of sun at any point in the day, like like on my app when uh-huh. it says the sun's gonna be peeking out at any hour, means it's not gonna rain at all. Really. Yeah. You've you've yeah.
0: you've got that to a science. Pretty that much. That's the Pretty much, yeah.
1: If it's going to stay cloudy all day, like if there's not any point where the sun might be peeking out, then I I think it's definitely going to rain. I want to
0: make sure you understand. I respect your system. I think I'm still going to choose to go to other sources for my information you just text me the day before i really don't think i'm going this is a straight shoot i really don't think i'm going this year because i got i got a host on 105.7 from 12 Mm. to 3 on saturday and it's just a lot we got a lot going on lacrosse wise with the boys i think i'm gonna end up missing the race entirely on Saturday. well i mean i'll watch it of course but um, I don't miss the Preakness very much. I don't think I'm going to be there. It is disappointing.
1: I gotta. Go. I don't know. I don't know when I should go. I don't mean. What do you mean? We don't know when you should. I don't go. know. Like I don't know how. I guess I've never been. So I don't. You've know, never don't
0: know. been. No. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, it's funny. Like uh, I did not. I think I went once when I was. Um, again, this is a much different era of the Preakness. I think I went once when I was a teenager, and then didn't go again until I was 22. And then I basically went every year. I think I've missed mm. two. Uh, the year I got married, obviously we were on our honeymoon during the pregnancy, so it wasn't an option for us. When's your anniversary? Uh, it was last last uh Wednesday. Oh, that's right, Drew. I yeah. remember.
1: I remember Drew did come in. Yeah, I think I said happy happy anniversary.
0: I yeah, thanks a lot. A I lot, definitely said it. Um, yeah, when it was Drew's the the tenth. Our it was last Wednesday, and it was a Saturday, and then we were still coming back from Mexico the mm-hmm. following Saturday. Maybe we came back on Sunday. Whenever we came back, I remember we watched. Not only did we watch on uh, from our uh, from our room at the resort, uh, we had to watch in Spanish. We could not get an English broadcast. You couldn't find on Larry. Preakness. Yeah, we're not able to get Larry. Now, my wife was so angry that we missed the Preakness that year that she made us go to the Belmont. Now, that was a year. Maybe California Chrome might have been the horse that was going for the Triple wow, Crown that year. That is exciting um didn't win yeah i uh, didn't win didn't work out it was the only time we went to belmont and we had such a miserable time we said we would never go again the belmont stunk like they unlike the other two races where there's like like an in infield and-, and and like you can and you know the entire track there's everybody is smushed on top of each other in one grandstand at the belmont it stinks stinks as an experience so we said, that will never be something that we will bother to do again. There will never be another trip to the Belmont Stakes. Oh, and, of course, because of that, we missed two Triple Crown winners. In the
10: <laughs>
1: Follow the ensuing
0: Yeah, it's the way it goes sometimes, man, just the way that it goes. So,
1: yeah, we missed out on that. Maybe um, this year, if we do, if, if you know, knock like, on wood, if we get another uh, There is, there another is a non-zero
0: chance okay. that she will say to me the week leading up to it, why don't we just go? And, then I'll and say you're not going to bring up the past. You don't know. I'll I'll just oh, will. I will just because I want to make sure she remember. There's obviously a chance that she has forgotten how miserable it is, and I just want to make sure that we don't go because if we go and it's miserable again, then she's going to say, "Oh, I remembered how miserable it was. Why didn't you remind me?" So I have to remind her that we had a miserable time when we went in 2014. That was when we got married, right? Yeah, 2014. I have to remind her of that and then we can make whatever decision we want to make from there. I don't care whatever the decision is. I would say it's a non-zero, although that, I believe, is also the weekend of my son's birthday. Bring him along.
1: Yeah. Sounds easy, right? Yeah. I don't think that, makes I sense. that you bring a
0: six-year-old to the Belmont. <laughs> I don't think that's the play. Oh, uh, well, yeah. still a non-zero. Six is a big age. Despite all of that, still a non-zero chance that my wife says, we didn't go to the Derby, because we used to go to the Derby every year, too. We, we went to four derbies I want to say we used to go to the derby and obviously went to the Preakness every year and there's non-zero chance that she's going to say to me let's just go let's just do it you're a good impression of her I think you know, that's w- w- in that moment, that's what it would sound like. In, th- in that moment, like, if we started talking about it, and I ran through everything, and I said, look, remember, we had a terrible time. We, we didn't want to go, and there's always next year, and we've been before, and we don't need to do it again. It's not like it's a bucket list item for us there's or no something mage. like that. There's no mage next year, though. Right, there's no mage. Uh, by the way, this year, the Belmont moves to Fox. Really? I don't know what that's all about. Belmont moves to Fox, so Larry Colmus yeah. will call the race because he's also the voice of Belmont Park. So he'll call the race internally, I think, but I don't think he'll call it for. Fo- I don't think his call, so sort a of the way, they bunch that David, of new analysts. I don't. I have no idea what Fox is. I Who mean, I think, they, I think they. I think they. They. I think they partnered with either TVG or H. One of those is uh, like okay, a Fox okay. partner, so I think it's just like that crew takes the broadcast for the Belmont, but I don't know. I, I, again, admittedly, I. I am a poser when it comes to this time of the year because I don't actually care about horse racing other than these three days. So I am very much a poser when we have these conversations. Today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Take advantage of great offers for sports betting, like $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. Just go to pressboxonline.com/offers right now in order to claim your incentive. That's
1: yes, right, the bear, uh, Chris Falika, Fe- Falika. Oh yeah, Falika. Falika. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he since he's leaving ESPN, he's now with Fox. So he they're going to use him on the
0: broadcast in some way. Oh, I yeah. I like that, but I don't think he'll be calling the no, race. No, no, I don't think so either. But I'm just, I I'm don't, just
1: trying don't to find t- out how they're you know just trying to find any name, I guess. Uh, I don't think they put he's out. the only one I can find. I
0: don't think they put out like. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's difficult to maybe figure out like. Who would be like Rob Stone could be the Mike Tarico for a Fox right. broadcast, you know, like or even Kurt Menefee could, I guess, um, you know, they'll use it's it's just specifically. I, I don't. OK, I'm not. Gonna, I don't yeah. know. I don't know is the answer. Why are we spending time on this? It's also three weeks away. What are what are we doing? This is like more like a month, right? No. Well, yeah, it's three and a half weeks away as yeah. we got to get through Preakness first. All right. Um, when we come back in, we'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular. Oh, actually, I had I I, I do want to talk about the um, the peacock thing with the playoff games. So we'll yes. talk about that as well. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise, from the birds are coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support
5: for the birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available. Now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire
4: It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
3: If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think.
0: Here's Glenn. So I just want to make sure, we're not waiting for, um...
1: Oh, no, yes, no.
0: I think, not, I not... think we're going to try to make that trip tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay, very yes. good. Um, A couple of things as we wind down for a Tuesday edition of GCR. Today's show also brought to you by pressboxonline.com slash contests, where you should go right now. In order to sign up, you can win four tickets to all of the local minor league baseball teams plus an EasyPass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around Must be 18 or older in order to sign up. Contest ends on June 14th. Pressboxonline.com slash contests is the website. So a lot of hullabaloo about uh, the NFL announcing yesterday that Peacock will be the exclusive home for an NFL playoff game next year. NBC will have both of the Saturday games in the wild card round. One of them... Will be Peacock only. It's the second game, the eight o'clock game. Will only air on Peacock. On Sunday, they'll also have a game. So I don't know. I I, I have no idea how that'll work with what crew Three, they use. Yeah, like I don't know if the team that works the Saturday afternoon game will then also be sent to do the Sunday game. I have no. I I don't know. Or like I'm presuming to Tari- Well, do they have multiple college because it's Todd Blackledge and well, was, Drew Brees was doing games last year, wasn't he? But for the they, for their um the. The Notre Dame package, but they're doing the Big Ten package this year, and I know Todd Blackledge is doing that. So yeah, look, some combination of that will almost certainly be the case. This was great news in the past when it meant that you were getting Tariqa, or didn't they bring back Al Michaels to do one of the games last year? Uh, I feel like they brought him over to do one of the games last year, so that could be part of the answer to this equation as well. Look, uh, whatever, whatever this is, the big hullabaloo is that an NFL playoff game will not be available on over-the-air television.
1: And he did. He did do the Jags uh, Chargers game.
0: Who did he do it with? Saturday do you remember? Uh, with Tony Dungy. With Tony I Dungy. Think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I understand, as someone who spoke a lot in recent years about, hey, I know the rest of you live in places where, like, Internet isn't a problem, but a lot of us live in places where Internet is a problem where you, I've said this before, I don't live in the middle of nowhere. I joke about it being in the middle of nowhere, but it's not actually the middle of nowhere. I live in Baltimore County, which is about as suburban as a county can exist. There are places in Baltimore County that maybe feel a little bit more urban. I happen to live in a rural part of Baltimore County, but it's Baltimore County where I live. I don't have the option to get internet not available to me i have to use a hotspot in order to provide internet for my family now that's okay and when i finally made the commitment to it to getting a better hotspot it's for the most part been all right i did finally cut the cord and it's been okay we have we our, our house is strange and like it's straight up and down it's three floors, but there's no like it's like two rooms on each. It's straight up and down. It's an old farmhouse. Um so when I say three floors, like the third floor is just one room. Gotcha. And then looking. like it's I'm telling you there's not there's not much going on. Right. It is really up and down where I live. Um so if you go up to the third floor where my office is, it can be shaky if I'm trying to stream something live. Like it's fine for watching a show on peacock or something like that watching a you know but when you try to watch something that's being streamed like live, live a, a sporting event sometimes it can be a little dicey it might take a little while to fire up last night i wanted to, i my um stationary bike is upstairs and when i got home last night i wanted to watch because the baseball game was already over i wanted to watch the hockey game on and do it from the stationary bike and the first time the audio was all screwed up, so I had to go back through, refire it up. It can be a little bit dicey. We have the, the hotspot on the second floor. And again, for the most part, it works. But we're also not doing anything crazy. Like, my kids aren't playing video games like, yet. yet on, not, I mean, that's the reality. Oh, no, they're going to complain. I, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> I, I, we've, my, my wife and I already talk, have already talked about at some point we might have to have two hotspots if we still can't get real internet where we live. But people don't think about that if, unless you're in that circumstance where it was difficult for us because we didn't trust the hotspot. We tried some hotspots, and they weren't good enough for streaming. This one that we found most recently has been good enough. And so I watched Orioles games via the Masson app. Thank you to my father for allowing me to use his sign-in so that I can do that. I, I, I'm not apologizing for it. I would prefer if the Orioles made it an option, I I yeah. would have done. This is not something that I do because I want it to steal. It's And I don't feel like I'm stealing. It's my father. Um, it's because I have to I don't have a choice right like that's the only way I can go about doing it I it's been okay but I understand that it's not that way for everybody and so for those people there's a legitimate gripe about whenever you find out that a sporting event you want to watch is being moved to a streaming platform I would say the bigger statement is I, I joke about it all the time it's hilarious that I've gone back to terrestrial radio Terrestrial radio, terrestrial radio died because terrestrial radio killed terrestrial radio. Like, terrestrial radio slashed all the staff and just tried to survive and said to you, hey, we're going to make the content worse. Go figure out what those podcasts sound like. Go figure out if you might like that content better. Streaming audio. We're going to make our content worse by drastically slashing staffs, by just trying to meet budgets, And in doing so, we're going to produce worse content that's going to encourage you to figure out if the content is better somewhere else. In the same way, television has killed television. But the difference is that the TV companies also own the streaming content. Right. Unlike in radio, where the radio companies were like, "We're gonna stick to radio," and sports will carry a lot uh, as well. And sports yeah. certainly does carry a lot, but for the most part, television has killed. Te- television has said to you, "We want you to cut the cord. We don't want you to, to have cable." Any, my God, when I told the the the, the, the people that I was getting cable from, that uh, by the way, cable was also not available, so it had to be a satellite. Like when I told the satellite people, "Hey, we're we're done." They. Anything, anything they could do. Well, you don't even have to pay anything. <laughs> I don't think you understand. We've made the decision. It's over. It's We're not coming back.
1: You're delirious. Okay.
0: No. How about this? How about you just keep all the equipment? You don't have to send it back. We won't have, we won't turn it on, but it'll just be there. I was like, for how long? They're like, forever. Okay, I guess. I guess if there's some world where the, you know, the hotspot stops working. I can always turn the other thing back on that day, if that's the case. Um, but this is the reality. The reality is, like, it's what I what I joke about, you know, and the, the, this is coming. Everything is going to streaming platforms. This is not, the toothpaste is not going back in the tube. There can be a question as to how long it will take. Like, at what point will there be no NBC? I don't know. I, I don't. At what point will NBC exist only in the form of Peacock? It, there will be a day. It will come. Be prepared. If you don't want to stream or subscribe to Peacock, I get it. I understand. There's only so much money to go around. We're not doing the YouTube TV bit. We, I'm saying YouTube TV is also going to go away. Because TV networks are going away. So what my wife and I decided to do was just subscribe to all the apps, nothing else. We didn't do YouTube TV. We did Peacock, Hulu, you know, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, Pornhub, and ESPN Plus. Can you share one of those logins with me? Um, Which I'll one t- do you need? Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. it. I don't like, you know, as you know, I don't like stealing. Actually, one of them I think I said we don't actually have. So yeah. uh, I hope it's okay. not. I don't think we have this one. Although we will probably end up sal- signing up for it. I don't think right now we actually have that one.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, know, that's, that's not the one I was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, the other one that started with a P. Uh,
0: oh, porn. <laughs> not bad. All right, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Um this is not all that earth-shattering to me because I I I have a Peacock's Peacock subscription, so I'm good, right? Like it's not the end of the world to me the idea that they're going to move an NFL playoff game to Peacock because that's how I'll watch The NFL playoff game before that, the 430 playoff game I will watch on Peacock because that's now how I watch games. Um, The only disappointment is when I'm I'm watching something and it's clearly happening five seconds after it actually happened and I see on Twitter what happened Mm. before it actually occurred. Um, that's happened yes. a couple times yes. this year with the Orioles games, and I've not been thrilled my, about
1: my that. My one friend who hasn't cut the court yet, so I'm yes. like maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds, sometimes 30 seconds behind, so he'll text something, oh, my gosh, yeah." like we're watching a basketball game. Yeah. Like during March Madness, it was, I was like, you, I'm going to strangle you. Right, you, right. It's, <laughs> you. it's a
0: little bit difficult, <laughs> a little bit tough. I don't like that, and I don't know what we can do about yeah, that. I don't, I don't know how we can speed Just up. got not look at my phone, I guess. I mean, uh, yeah, the, I mean, that I, I do. Answer. I have found myself actually not tweeting more frequently because i'm trying to avoid it and then i also find myself tweeting afterwards and people are like yeah we've already moved on <laughs>
1: right that was like 30 seconds ago right then. like you yeah. know how
0: you tweet about it takes you a few seconds to process what you want to tweet yeah. and then like in football season there's no way that'll work because you'll be like three plays behind <laughs> there's just no way that you'll be able to do it um but yeah it, this is the way it's gonna be and we can you can make a stink about it and you can scream and yell and all that but it's it's not changing. This is the way it's going. To, there will not be an NBC in most of your lifetimes. The majority of you will will live to a day where there is no NBC, where there is no CBS, where there's no Fox, where there's no ESPN, where everything just exists in the form of streaming platforms. That day will come, and I don't I don't have a prediction for you know how soon it's going to be. Whether I think cable networks will start to go away. Yeah, I mean, I guess
1: this—that's that, This is what they want to be the start of it. So, you know, having an exclusive, you know, primetime, you well, know, but, NFL like, playoff game. Are,
0: over the like, like there is still going to have to buy this antenna scripture. television still does exist. So there will be more reason for NBC to exist longer, even after cable networks start to die off. Like it was interesting that NBC just killed off NBC Sports Network, and they were like, "Well, what are you replacing with it?" And they said, "Nothing, nothing." And I think that was your first sign of them acknowledging. I still don't understand
1: that completely because like the Capitals and Wizards still play. That's
0: NBC Sports Washington. Oh, okay. I said they killed off NBC Sports Network.
1: Right. Okay. So SN. which is
0: where the NHL was, they killed off the network entirely. They didn't kill off the network and say because we're introducing whatever. It was just gone, just gone. I I, I don't know because I again I don't have cable anymore. Like I don't know what it, what if you went to the old NBC Sports Network channel what. Just- a black screen. I don't know what yeah. exists there. Yeah. Um, but it was just gone. They didn't say, like, now we're gonna replace it with reality TV twenty. Like, they just got rid of it. Which to me was the first significant moment in the oh. Oh, it's over. Now, again, the irony is they like it got more sports content. They they lost the NHL, but now they have the Big Ten, and there's gonna be Big Ten basketball games. They're just gonna put them on USA because they're realizing. There, there is no kind of point to, nobody is just sitting down and watching a TV network at all times. Once upon a time, there would be, you would, you would have your favorite TV channel and you would just watch it. If you loved kids programming, you just watch Nickelodeon all day. If you loved, you know, whatever you would just, if you love sports, you watch ESPN all day. If you love that, it's gone. That's over. So they were like, USA can be whatever we want it to be. It could be golf. It can be, NASCAR, it can be that Law Order, it yeah. can be Modern Family, it can be Pro Wrestling, it can be whatever we want it to be, because that's all this is going to be. Like cable dedicated cable channels are dead. They're gone because you can just go get the content whatever content you want wherever you want it. So we're not there yet. Like they're still existing, but trust me, it's coming. It is coming. You gotta get used to it. You can scream about it all you want, but this is far from the last time that there's this is going to occur if anything be prepared because next year there might be the you know five playoff games that are all just streaming espn plus and then correct i mean there have been regular season games that have just been espn plus obviously thursday night football's amazon prime right Right. like this is the way it's going to go you're fighting a losing battle like you don't like it great now what are you going to do about it because you're not changing it this is the way it's going to be let's get a tidbit I actually have some things prepared for tidbit today. Oh, tidbit is bro- oh, sorry, we could do just yours. Point. I mean, I only had to show hey All stuff, right, can really. you can save? Yes. Okay. tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town. We find Pressbox. Read it all at pressboxonline.com. The illustration of Jackson Holiday on the cover and celebrating the pipeline of talent that still exists in the Orioles system, despite the uh, top guys getting here over the course of the last year. Again, go pick that up for free today. Um, I actually just have some trivia for you as well. I'll read my... So Shohei
1: became the fourth pitcher in LB history to reach 500 strikeouts in his first 400 innings pitched. Uh, as a starter he joins Corbin Burns Dylan oh. Cease oh you want me to use no one? i mean no, i don't want to now yeah. but uh, the you, you could have saved that for tomorrow yeah. and i could have guessed the that. last one the great jose fernandez how about that yes. how about he that he is also tied for the most 3-hit games as a pitcher in a single season already so he has 3 3-hit three games already this season as the, as the pitcher uh so that's the tide for the most is obviously only may so it is, seems uh how about that i certain that he will uh break that record he's also the first pitcher or the first player to reach base safely five plus times in a game that he pitched since mel Stotelmeyer. ah wait
0: mel stottlemeyer did that in 1964 that's kind of random maybe yeah i don't know the father of course todd stottlemeyer and the uh, yankees pitching coach for some time how about that <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, look, pitchers did hit. Like, it's yeah. not like, you know, th- this is not, now, it's like a crazy thought to us that pitchers it's, would hit.
1: It seems like the but, only way this could have happened, like, if it was like, you know, Chris Davis had a big game and then the game went 12 innings, so he and pitched. Also pitched?
0: No. Yeah. I mean, like, they were they were good hitting pitchers. Yeah. They just, you know, Levon Hernandez was a good hitting pitcher. Some of the Braves pitchers were good hitting pitchers. Cranky was decent for. Cranky was decent. There were some decent hitting. I mean, imagine Bumgarner. Again, <laughs> but let's be fair about it, right? Like, when we say, good, hell, yeah. what's his face at a home run once? Bartolo Colon. Yes, Bartolo. Colo Cologne once hit a home run, for God's sakes. All right. um, Cologne and Otani. They're the best players, you know. Right. Tonight (laughs) is the NBA Draft Lottery. I'll mention it during uh, Tubular. Uh, Dan Wetzel in Yahoo Sports reminds us that in the 38-year history of the NBA Draft Lottery, only four number one picks won a title with the team that selected them. Who were those four picks. in the last 38 years? 38 years, only four number one overall NBA draft picks won an NBA title with the team that drafted them. All right, well, so one
1: would be LeBron.
0: LeBron James came back to Cleveland and won yes. a title.
1: Hmm. Number one overall pick. So the last 38 years is back to like, what, 1980?
0: The, no. Uh, it would be, bringing back, yeah, basically to uh, 85. Yes. Okay. Hmm, number one overall mm-hmm. picks won a title with the team that drafted them.
1: So this was essentially right after Air.
0: Uh, by the way, I watched Air last night. You're lucky I'm not going to spend any time on it. You loved it? No. What? No. Oh, there man. So many problems in that. It it I enjoyed was it. at best I mean, fine, but you have to be able to dismiss all of the problems with it in order to accept it as. A I title. and I do that. And it's just, I got good, a lot. Good movie. Of, man, I should have say I should have talked about it. <laughs> And I watched more. that. After, I watched it after the hockey game last night, and I was like, "What?
1: Number one overall picks? Mm-hmm. That one with their team? Mm. Only four of them did it. So maybe, mm. maybe throw out some guesses. Yeah, know. I, guess, I well, I got to start thinking. That Tim Duncan wasn't number one overall.
0: Tim Duncan was most certainly number one overall, I knew it. and That's absolutely I was... won many titles <laughs> he did. with the team that
1: drafted him. So Tim Duncan, yes, I say affirmatively and with confidence. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know my number one overall picks too well. All right, who who won some championships? Did uh, uh, he didn't know again.
0: Maybe just throw out some guesses so we can move this thing along yeah, yeah. because it's twelve twenty-four. Not Greg Oden, right? It's not Greg Oden.
1: Who
0: else was? Won some Although championships. wasn't Greg Oden on one of the Miami rosters? Maybe that won a title. Was he really? I think he might have been. Um, Shaquille O'Neal. No, Shaquille O'Neal never won a title with the Magic. He uh, won his titles, remember, with the Lakers. and Yeah, the heat. yeah, I, guess, yeah I guess he was drafted by the Magic. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Who else would have won a title? Um, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem
0: Olajuwon was before, remember, that was referenced in the air. That's right, yeah, you're right. He yeah. was in the same draft as Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he did, of course, win two titles with the team that drafted him.
1: Who Did the Pistons ever win? Yeah, the Pistons won a title, but I can't think. I don't know. Isaiah Thomas? No. Mm.
0: Isaiah Thomas I think would have also been, been before, but I don't think Isaiah Thomas. Was Isaiah Thomas the number one overall pick? I actually don't know that. That's a funny okay. one. Okay. I don't know. What hmm. th- I, think I is uh, No, Isaiah th- th- Thomas was already in the league. That was referenced in the Air as well. He was yeah. already in the league at that point, so he definitely wasn't. Even I'm, just if thinking he was, of, I'm just thinking of Air guys now. Uh, I know, right? That's all you're doing. Uh, he was the number two overall uh, pick in 81. Who was the number one overall pick in 81? Oh, Mark Aguirre. I bet the Mavericks haven't thought about that at all. Mark Aguirre. No. no. Also before <laughs> the draft before. lottery, so still no matter what.
1: Why well, can't I think of anyone after the draft lottery? Um, let's see. Who? All right. So so they won championships after 2000 some of these two other guys. At
0: all this is you're really overthinking I know, I this. really am.
1: I think I'm just struggling to come up with Just
0: name a couple players quickly. Just throw out some players.
1: Carmelo Anthony, he was not a number no. one overall pick. Um
0: not Markel Fultz no not Markel Fultz Kyrie Irving bingo Kyrie Irving was drafted by the Cavaliers and with LeBron James won an NBA title Uh, number one overall pick Giannis was not number one Uh, what if I just told you Uh, that the the other guy you've already got the team so all four guys came from two teams
1: oh okay so Tony
0: Parker not Tony Parker
1: Oh, Kawhi Leonard. No, Not he wasn't Kawhi Leonard. Or,
0: uh, and also didn't win a... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he won with yeah, the, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. He did win um, the Spurs. Yeah.
1: So then I'm trying to think what
0: other Spurs. Oh, David Robinson. David Robinson. David Robinson. The Admiral. Yes. Of course, the uh, former Navy basketball player. Knew it player. all along. Yeah, had it all along. The only sports related question last night to John. By the way, I would expect a congratulations, please. Uh congratulations. Regular season champions wow. of
1: uh, of of trivia. Well, you know what they say, that doesn't really matter. No, it, we haven't won gotta the title be, yet. Got to we'll see how it goes finish. in the play. I don't even know if I'm going to make it for the playoffs, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. You got to come in with the Kobe Bryant it. Right, you know, but we were uh,
0: regular season champions of uh, bar trivia this season. So congrats. I uh, yeah, appreciate that. The only sports question last night was actually there were two. But one was only tangentially sports. The first one was the three richest athletes, current athletes in the world, according to Forbes, are all soccer players. Messi? Yep. Ronaldo? Yep. Luka Modric? Nope. David Beckham still? No, I said current
1: athletes. Oh, current, current. Yes. Okay.
0: Because that um, was, I was, that one was screwing with me. We had to get it reiterated. We said...
1: Zlatan.
0: Not And that was, that was our other thought i ended up going three for three wow but i was very torn between uh ibrahimovic and the person that we chose that was correct he's currently M- Mbappe. Mbappe indeed Mbappe. is number three and is the correct answer the other one was there was a uh, category about viral the history of viral videos and the question was uh former ball state sportscaster brian collins was responsible for introducing what term to us oh no
1: ball state was this during
0: a football game that he just said no this? during a like a their their tv th- it was a viral clip of him doing like a sports center type show and reading highlights boom goes the dynamite that's of course the one okay. that is of course the one boom goes the dynamite all right very good tubular is brought to you by aj michael's Expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, plumbing, A.C. and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at ajmichaels.com. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular. Dean Kramer on the mound for the birds, looking for a third straight strong start. He faces Chase Silseth tonight at 630 for some reason on Masson 2. Don't know yes. yeah, who the Nats play today. Who, uh, they're playing the Marlins
1: on the road. Everyone wants to see Louisa rise, I guess.
0: I don't understand why. Chiseled. Again, in an era where, like, if you had Sandy Alcantara, how many places so. really are there anymore that have Mass and that don't have Mass too Like, I, this actually occurred to me one time when I was in Delaware for a wedding, oh, really? where like they oh, only like had a hotel mass- or something. Oh, I have never gotten over it. Wasn't a hotel; it was a, a rental place. Mm. Uh, I only had Masson one. I had to go. I had to go to the bar, to watch, and then the bar. It was in the Bethany Beach. Bars close at like ten o'clock or something. It's insane because it's a family town. Yeah. So then I went back, and I'm like trying to figure. And this is before you could stream Masson, and I'm trying to figure out on my computer like some dark web site that will get me a broadcast for this Orioles Rays game. <laughs> And then, as it turns out, the Nationals game was already over by that point, and they had moved the Orioles game to Masson, so I could have just pulled it up on the TV and would have been fine. It was a whole (laughs) ordeal. But the point, the moral of the story being, how many places exist? Why can't they just commit to one being in an Orioles network and one being, like, why can't it just be Masson-Orioles, Masson-Nationals at some point? Why is there still a Masson and a Masson 2? It's dumb. Very, very dumb. Call the commissioner back, see if he can do something about it. Again, not my issue anymore because I just stream, so I don't have to worry about it, but... It's – actually, that's not true either because when you say live TV, it makes you pick Masson or Masson, too. And I've got to guess which one the Orioles were on that particular night. Dumb. Just make it Orioles and Nationals. It's not hard. I'll help. I'll help. I'll help. help. It's easy. You just make two buttons. Correct. (laughs) Orioles game. Nationals game. Done. (laughs) One network for the Orioles, one network for the Nationals. Put the same stupid thing on each one. I don't care. Nobody's watching it any time that there isn't a game on. No one has ever watched – I feel there bad. was a Towson basketball game, I think, on uh, I did. They Masson did a handful They did a yeah. handful of. They do a hand, Loyola does a couple of basketball. I think UMBC did like six basketball games on Masson this year. But that's it. Yeah. List of things that someone would watch on Masson or during the pandemic when we yeah. like, they had nothing to uh, watch yeah, they they the would cla- play classic, or classics. I think they ran like the Maryland what Nationals Masson.
1: classics. Did they? Have? I, well, I, don't know.
0: I, I guess they, they won a world. The Nationals world Series, did win a World Series. They just,
1: they just replayed the 2019. I season. don't know
0: if they had the right to those games because they weren't Masson games. Mm. So I have no idea what they aired. I don't. I don't know. Not my area. Anyway, the moral of the story is tubular. Yes. <sighs> God, how did this? Orioles on Mass two. <laughs> 31. Orioles on Masson two tonight. ESPN's got the draft lottery at eight. The Western Conference Finals get underway. Lakers Nuggets game one at 8:30. CBS Leg 2 in the Champions League semifinals uh, this afternoon. Inter Milan, AC Milan for the right to go to the Champions League final. That's at 3 o'clock on CBS. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights.
1: Uh, Not really. HBO is starting a three-part documentary series called Angel City. It is about Natalie Portman and the Angel City FC, the largest female ownership group in sports. Uh, So it's sort of like a quick documentary uh, each night this week. Uh, so, part one, and then uh, Netflix has an Anna Nicole Smith documentary, You Don't Know Me. Uh, that is on Netflix. If they insist. Maybe, maybe I
0: do. What if I Smith. do know? Oh, you do? Man, what if I do? All like, the subscriptions it's, it's, you have, yeah. it's quite presumptuous that they're saying I don't know Anna Nicole Smith. What if I do?
1: Um, and then it is the 911 Lone Star season four finale. I know you're upset. Ah, ben, God. It. It, is, it, is, it is finale's week, so all the, all the network television, as we talk about the dying. Uh, okay. <laughs> it is finale week, so I'll, I'll pretty much every episode or every show, whatever, finale. Okay. Each this week,
0: very good. Also, yes. uh, the, the MIA lacrosse semifinals are tonight. I don't know if you can watch them or not. They're oh, you know what you can't watch
1: Mount All Access, Mount Saint Mary's, and State. Ah, yeah, so baseball. you got a big
0: baseball game yeah. that Griffin's very excited about doing tonight. Uh, what time three, is that? It's three, 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 at three o'clock. Three o'clock. Yeah, well, you got to roll out of here. Basically, leave now yeah. to get out to Edmondsburg. All right, maybe we should wrap up the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. today to uh, Larry Colmas. Thanks to Madison Wilson from UMBC. Thanks to Patrick Stevens and to Commissioner Michael Harrison for joining us in the studio. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glenclarkradio.com. Um, tomorrow on the program. Drew Force will be here. Oh, good. <laughs> Brett Phillips from the Angels. Oh, yeah, so former gonna Oriole Brett Phillips is going to check in with us.
1: Uh, then we're sh- we're going to take a trip to Norfolk as well. Uh. Okay.
0: But we don't know who it's going to be with? Well,
1: we're waiting for the you know, exact confirmation. But okay. We like think it's with yes, the person. We think,
0: right, yes. fair enough, fair enough. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, All-American Lacrosse, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Don't forget, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go, birds. Duke sucks.